Radio. I'm Kurt. I'm Shane. And tonight we're going to talk about my experience with the Cherokee Open. I went to a RTT in Huntsville, Warzone Huntsville. And then we are going to spend a lot of time talking about Adepticon, the tournament, Golden Demon, all the stuff we thought was cool. Enjoy the show. And if you're just listening to this episode, check us out on YouTube. We'll be posting all of the pictures from the show or from Adepticon uh, on the YouTube video. So you can kind of see what we saw and what we thought was cool. Games played, armies we fought, uh, display boards, all that fun stuff. It's out there. So check it out. All right. So now we're going to go into our hobby progress section. What have you been working on? Well, we decided to go into tournaments like at the end of last year. Yes. And then uh, I didn't get to go to any. So this army that I was really fast tracking, <laughs> I still ended up procrastinating my way until I was doing oil washes before we left for Adepticon. The night before. Yeah. Yep. About an hour before we left, actually. Wow. Yeah. So uh, I finished that army. It was uh, 54 models. I guess about half of them were painted until the last week before Adepticon. And then I finished painting them, finished basing them, and then oil washed them. Minimal highlights. There's nothing like a hard deadline to uh, really light a fire. Yes, yes. So, without going into spoilers, my other hobby progress is a Chaos Knights Army that I'm working on. How is that not spoilers if you just said what you're working on? <laughs> well, I'm not going to go into why. Okay, okay. All right, fair enough. So, as far as hobby progress goes, have you made any other... Done anything else besides finishing the Blood Angels? Well, I think my biggest hobby progress achievement was uh, getting my wife into Jakari this weekend so that I might actually have someone else to play Warhammer with. Yes. Now, I, I will like to, or would like to say, I think I kind of, she was 40K curious, and then I'd like to think I finished her off yeah, and, so we and were, sold her. We were over here with a, a social event where everyone here but two people played Warhammer. Yes. And so now... Here we are with uh, my wife being curious. She has some Cabalite warriors to assemble. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah. The first, the what is it? The first piece is free, or the first, the first taste? hit's free, man. Yeah. <laughs> and I told Jordan, she's like, "What are you doing?" I was like, "I'm, I'm finding some Cabalites because, as you know and can see, I have quite the uh, <clears throat> collection of unassembled Drakari boxes. Yes. So it's going to be nice to unload more stuff to you and your your wife. So, yeah. Thank you. And my running total to you is growing by the day. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> you bought a night on Friday, turn around and got Cabalite Warriors the next day. I mean, you, you literally have more Warhammer than the local game store that I started uh, running campaigns for Kill Team in. Yes. Unopened Warhammer. Also, yes. I am your candy man. <laughs> That's, uh, that is it for mine, uh, other than the fact that my... My knights are Imperial Knights, and I'm making them Chaos Knights. There's a lot of conversion work, so I did a lot of stressful hacking of a $150 or $60 model. That was nerve-wracking. But it, it's turned out good for most of the things I attempted. I'm not sure about one of them yet, but we'll see. And, and, and just to clarify, we don't do the Walmart return policy here. You bought it, it's yours. Um, okay, I'm not thing. taking this thing back. As far as what I've worked on, and, and not to spoil too much either, I've been to a few more events than you have. And do a few more events since the last time we recorded. Yeah. I think I, you've been to three or four, right? Four since the last time we recorded, which is well, probably a lot to do with why we haven't recorded for a while. That yeah. and the flu and spring break. My wife's grandmother passed away. It's been just one of those 
months. Can we just do March over again? Except Adepticon. Adepticon was amazing. Trying to get ready for these events, I've painted two Raiders, ten additional Hellions, uh, six Reavers, three Venoms. I think I did a couple of Talos and stuff too, but I, I don't remember what we talked about last time, so I'll, I'll stop there. Um, I think I painted up a bunch of just miscellaneous witches to try, like one with razor flails and one with this and that and all the different weapon options, too. I believe too. you've changed your list subtly every event that you've gone to, right? Slowly, as the meta has shifted so drastically in the last 60 days with Tau and Eldar and Harlequins and what else came out? Something else came out that was the big bad. Custodes. Um, I've had to toughen up a bit and try just different things. So this is me just kind of seeing what happens. So I guess in chronological order, I was able to go to the Cherokee Open 2022 with my wife. She played, I played. It was amazing. It was a first-year event for Frontline Gaming. And um, it was the first tournament experience for your wife. She went straight into the deep end. Oh, yeah. She went deep, fast. Learning to swim off the 15-foot diving board into the meta. Um, and, of course, this was the week before the new Eldari book dropped. It went up for pre-order while we were there. And I think she was maybe one of three people playing Eldari out of the 180 that showed up for day one. And it was just people like congratulating her, like, wow, you, you stuck with them, you know, good job, blah, blah, blah. And it was it's kind of funny to see people like, wow, a, a painted whatever, because she spent 10 years painting this army, so it looks decent. She's got some time in it. It's not just three-color minimum and done. Um, one thing I would like to, to throw in here. Mm-hmm is it seems like this is what I'm about to say is counterintuitive. It seems like going to tournaments for Warhammer is more parent-friendly than casual Warhammer because on casual Warhammer, let's say you set a a day aside to play with your buddy. Mm -hmm. After you've played the same army against each other every weekend, you're not going to want to play it twice in one day because it's the same army, right? Right. Playing the same list. So it's not that... You don't want to play your buddy again. It's just that having five and thousand, five hundred dollar and thousand dollar armies sitting around is not like most people's, you know. So to find a, someone to watch the kids and to just get away for a day or two, uh, once a month or something, is much easier and more gratifying than just playing your buddy once or twice a week when the kids are running around. You know, it seems like it's more, it's better for parents which is counterintuitive to go to a freaking tournament than it is to play at their own house. Does that make sense? <laughs> yes, it does cost a whole lot more, especially when you're at Harrah's Cherokee Resort, uh, where it's $499 a night on the weekends. But there is a cheaper option for that for us. It's only an hour drive. Yes. Either yes. way to do two different tournaments. So that's actually, you know, outside of the exceptional big events. Oh, yeah, of course. And, and what's nice, too, is we live you know, an hour and a half hour away from three major cities and all three of those cities basically have an RTT once a month, which we did not know until here recently when we started keeping an eye on it because BCP is our only way to find this stuff out. It seems like, right. And, and, it's and they not don't the best way it. to find out. Right. They don't really. And now I've joined the Huntsville discord. I need, I, I need to go to an event at the Cleveland store and kind of join their little group. Um, but yeah, I, and, and right now the, the Huntsville guys are actively trying to kind of like pick days and when can we do it again and when's the store available, you know, cause they do a lot of like magic and Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh tournaments and things like that. So they have to kind of schedule around who's using the room. Um, but you know, an hour and 20 minute drive for a full day at Warhammer, it's totally worth it. Absolutely. 
So how did she like it? Well, I guess maybe you're going to do your own episode on how uh, her oh, We'll probably go back and talk about it at some point or maybe bring her in for a little segment depending on how long this one drags on. Um, she had a blast. Um, it was super fun. Um, you know, she had a couple of opponents that were somehow less experienced than her. And she's probably only got five ninth edition games under her belt. And her first game, the guy didn't know how to set the board up. He didn't know how to play subjective markers. He didn't know who goes first. He didn't. And so my wife is texting me while I'm trying to set up like, Hey, what, what is it? I was like, call a judge, use your book. I gave you a book, you know, just, just open it up. It's, it's the first three pages. Just kind of figure it out. And, and they didn't make it past like turn two and a half at time of the first round. And he won because he had the first turn. Uh, and, and even now, she'll tell you, like, I would have smoked him had I had another round, and I didn't have to explain how to play his army to him. Um, yeah. And I don't know his name. I didn't I didn't pull her games and her opponents. But it. Uh, she was a little frustrated from the get-go. She had fun, but it was just like, come on. Um, and I think game two, she played a guy playing the, uh, the, the Chaos Corn thing that people convert to trains. I can't think of what they're called. Lord of Skulls? Yes, it was a triple Lord of Skulls list. Um, so, you know, she got punished pretty hard there game one. but Or game two, sorry. Jumping back to my games, though, I, I had a blast. Um, game one, I got to play, I guess, uh, probably my favorite opponent that I've played out in public. Uh, his name was Alex, and he played Emperor's Children. He was a blast. Every dice roll was like, oh, snap. And we, we just, we, we had so much fun playing. And I ended up, ended up squeaking out the win. It was like the last couple of rolls of the game. He charged me with some stuff to take me off an objective. And that would have swung the game to where he would have won it. Um, and I was like, I'll overwatch. And my Dark Lance hit. My blaster, both blasters hit. And then all the splinter rifles took out like four Terminators. Dumb luck. Oh my god! I can't believe it happened, and we were just cheering and having this good time, and everybody's looking at us because it went to the it went to like three minutes left in the round. That's awesome. Um, it was amazing. Now that this is a six game tournament over two days, right? Yes, three three one day, three the next. In a casino that's like three miles long. It certainly felt like it. Okay. <laughs> I know we walked for like twelve or thirteen minutes in the casino and still didn't find the back of it. I don't know how it fits in that space. It's incredible. So did this Emperor's Children list, did it have noise marines? Lots. They did hurt. You? Okay. okay. <laughs> um, but, but like, any, you know, and, and we've talked about it, we don't play many lists that aren't in our local meta, which includes you and my wife, and one guy that plays Orcs Guard and one guy that plays Tau, but neither one of them really play that often. And we used to have our Space Wolves buddy. Yep, he had a baby, so he's dropped off for a bit. Um, but... Almost every game I played, if not every game I played, was against an army I had never played against before. The saving grace against the Chaos Space Marines and Bruce Children guy, Alex, uh, was one wound. So my poison shots, when they hit in the wounded, killed a bottle. Uh, crazy how that works. <laughs> uh, made it seem a lot more effective than it really was. Uh, but he was a ton of fun. Uh, game two, I played a guy named Jacob McFalls. He was... Okay, um, it's one of those contrast-painted meta Tau armies that he finished the morning of. Wait, did we did we say that you won the game against? Emperor's I, I Children? did win against okay. Emperor's Children. Came again, came down to the last couple of rolls. You know, super swingy game, back and forth. Killed a Demon Prince turn one with uh, just ridiculously lucky shooting, 
and that just swung the game. You know, he didn't know how to, like, I, I, I've never lost him turn one before. Um, so it was, but he was a blast. Every round I'd catch him, hey, man, how'd you do? And we'd talk. Jordan actually got to play him day two, or day, I think she got to play him game three, day one, uh, which was awesome because my game, I played the number three player in the world and was over in about 40 minutes. Um, <laughs> and so I got to go hang out with them, uh, which was, was pretty fun. But game two was against the uh, meta Tau list. Tau had just come out at that time. It was basically like, hey, I've got 150 plus shots going into your Archon. Do you want me to roll? And I was like, all right, we'll see how the hits go. And it was like 135 hits. Like, you know what? Odds are I'm going to roll a one. Let's just pull him off. And and that's just how that game went. Because I had never played the new Tau. They hadn't been out long enough for me to really know what was going on. And uh, I I got out in the open and they made me regret that decision quickly. So by turn two, it was just like I had two models left. I was like, they're, they're dead. Score it. Let's go. <laughs> and the drinking started. So uh, your first game, that guy ended up going three and three. Your second game, that guy ended up going four and two. Well, yes. I have an anomaly to mention for your third game. Oh, against uh, Joseph? Yeah, so so the the game, game is three. based on Swiss pairings. So if you win, you play a winner. Yes. If you lose, you play a loser. If you're one, you play someone with your same record. Yeah, one yeah. and one, you play one and one. Yep. So you were one and one going into round three. Right. And you play someone who ultimately went six and oh. Yes. You know, it's, I think it's for probably an odd number for the Swiss pairings to devise or something. Yeah, it was weird. And so this guy was actually at the event I went to in February, uh, running the same list. Of course, I I didn't know what Crusher Stampede was. I had never faced it. I'd seen the videos, but again, I'm I'm one of those like I have to see it. I have to play it to be like, oh, that's what that does. Wow, that's a rough list to play. I think I did very well against him. I I don't know what the final was as far as a score goes, but uh, forty-seven ninety-five. So, yeah, I managed to get 47 on him, which I think is pretty good considering I'd never played Crusher Stampede. Um, and he also was, finished sixth on the weekend. Yes, and and after those results came in, he was third in the world in the ITC. So even, you know, even if he's dropped to 100, like that was pretty darn good. Um, I think he's still in the top 15 maybe. I don't he think he's done top enough. seven when I did this. The, okay, yeah. Day, so. But it got updated today. I'll take that, top 10, you know, whatever. I, I got like over 6,000 yeah. people. <laughs> uh, game three was a really fun game. He actually added me on Facebook against uh, Brendan. He played Admech. Again, game four. You mean? Or, I'm sorry, game four. Game four, yes. Too much going on and a lot of notes in front of me. Yes. Um, Admech, he, he played kind of the scary list with massive 40-man blobs of whatever it was. I didn't know how to handle it. Didn't know kind of what to shoot at. Um, but it was a hard fought game. I think I did pretty good against it considering, you know, again, I had never played them before. I'd never really seen them or know what they did. Yeah. 68 points is pretty good. 68 point win. I'll, I'll take it, you know? Um, so, you know, not, not terrible, but again, it was just one of those a couple things had, I mean, I, I really feel like if I had played that army again, or we just like, Hey, let's roll it up and try it again. I probably could have beat him. Um, and that that's the same thing that happened in my next game against William Lack with his Grey Knights. I'd never played Grey Knights, didn't know what they did. Almost the exact same score, too. It, I feel like I om- it came down to the last couple of rolls. I killed a couple of big characters, and that really nerded him. So I scored a ton of points in the last two rounds. Um, but the first you know round or two, I just got shot out of hell and smited to death. Um, but again, I, I feel like if I played Grey Knights now, 
very different story. I know what to target now. I know what you do. I know you can jump all over the board and watch out for Smite Spam. Which is why we're doing this, so we can play against these other 28 factions, about to be 29. Exactly. Oh, I'm so excited for squads. We'll get there, though. Um, And then game six. This, This was a little controversial, just because, you know, I got to the table... The guy was playing a Tau list that was beautiful. He was featured on Spiky Bits in, in the uh, Army Showcase thing they do every so often. If you go back and look at the Cherokee pictures, he's the Tau Army because his was actually painted in something besides rushed con- contrast paints. Um, looked good. I was excited to play it. I was like, oh, I know what you do now, buddy. I'm coming for you. And he was like, man, my feet hurt, my legs hurt, my brain hurts. I don't want to play 70-70, call it a tie. And I was like, no, nah, man, I want to play. I want to win. He's like, 71-70, call it a win. I took him up on it. Didn't think about it. it was, I was tired, too. Um, and then me and my wife go back to the room, laying on the couch, watching TV. Our legs hurt. We're tired. And I'm laying there, and I was like, huh. And I, I pull up the ITC rules, and I see the thing about game fixing. And I immediately just like, oh, oh, crap. Banned for a year, blah, 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 blah. Reading the stuff and the consequences. I had to go back downstairs and talk to Kicker. He immediately deferred me to the judge sitting next to him, uh, Stephen Valley, really cool guy. He's from Knoxville. Um, and we talked about it. And he's like, I know the guy you played. He does not care if he got the win. I was like, I would have played. I wanted to play, but he really didn't want to. We talked about it. And ended up giving me the 70 nothing win just because, you know, game fixing. When someone concedes... Exactly, exactly. Um, and I, I didn't realize that was put in the Knockman book at that time. So we, we had a nice long look at the rule book and talked about it. And he's like, can you find him? I was like, man, I saw him for like 30 seconds. I, there's 500 people in this hall. I can't, I'm not picking him out of a crowd, assuming he's here and not in his room. So that was kind of weird. So technically, technically, I went two and four. But all my games were pretty high scoring. I feel like I got, what, 50, 50-ish points every game. Your lowest was 47. Your highest was 68 outside yeah. of the concession. Right, right. So, I mean, I... I feel like I did okay for it's my first than me. major. Um, yeah. So that was that was really cool. Um, and then I snuck off the weekend before Adepticon. There was a three-game RTT in Huntsville, and uh, it was pretty fun. Yeah, and in, in that game, in that one, you uh, you ended up scoring eighty points in a losing effort. Oh my gosh! So game one was against the uh, second place army from LVO, the the custodies. Mm-hmm. Same everything, basically. I think one or two units might have been shaped a little bit differently just because people have kind of figured out the book now. But it was an 80-point loss. It came down to I had one model not on an objective that I thought was on the objective, and that was four points for him, four minus for me, and basically is what did it. And once we kind of realized I wasn't getting that, I was like, all right, let's, let's count it up. Because it, it came, if, if I would have had it, we could have played it out, but it was it was rough. He ended up finished seventh out of your 24 people there. He did good, yeah. I mean, I think he went uh, he went undefeated until the last game, and that was pretty close. So your, your third game you dominated, <clears throat> but your second game you got obliterated. I learned how Harlequins work uh, in game two. Okay. Um, so game two was, the book had been out for a week or two at that point. Yeah, game two was rough. Harlequins, they do stuff and don't take hits. And don't let you re-roll or do any of the other fun tricks that I have, which meant I scored 17 points, and 10 of those were for being painted. I just want to tell everybody that we have been doing a lot of tournament stuff here lately, and we're about to do some more tournament talk, but we're also about to get into a lot of casual talk, too. Yes. So, just hold on. But no, the, the Huntsville tournament was great. Everybody I met, even the guy that beat me, like, 
it was one of those like, don't get salty, don't get salty, don't get salty. And I didn't get salty. He he invited me to the Huntsville Discord for 40K tournaments and 40K everything. I, I got to be honest. I think knowing from reading about it and everything what they do, the way that they work, I think I just concede if I play them just because I don't want to play it. If you concede a game, you're out of the tournament. Really? That's the Nachman rules. Uh, you, you concede, you are out. Then I'll just stay in my deployment zone and let him score his points. Well, and that's that's kind of how, like, after, I was like, all right, let's see what I can recover. And at this point, it was like, all right, I'm going to kill the Death Jester, which I did. And I got Drazar in, and he blew up, like, three vehicles in melee because a lot of the rules don't apply in melee. You know, I feel like I, I earned so It was just like, I'm just killing all your stuff now, you know. I've got a big, a big thing against them messing with my rules. I want them to beat me on their own terms and not turn off literally everything I have. Yeah, and it, it wasn't even the turning off that, that really got me. It was just the, you know, can't hit them on a one, two, or three. That's turning off your abilities. You well, wound on twos and threes, and uh, now you can't. It's Yeah, it's, it's rough. Um, if you do it with a stratagem once per round, that's one thing. Well, again, now now that I've played them and I've seen them, I don't know that I can beat them, but I think I could score more than seven points against them, uh, not counting my painting score. But yeah, game game three was against Admac, running a very similar list to what I played at LVO, and this time I was ready. Now, granted, this guy was a little less experienced. He took two of the last, which, as you know, just puts a big red target on those three units. Two of them died top of turn one. The next one died top of turn two. And, you know, it's super swingy. I just denied him his 15 points. And I think that rattled him more than anything. He he didn't realize how killy the Hellions were. Both 10-man units, you know, he, he moves stuff up quick. He's got the Assassins that pregame move. And both Hellion units went over it. Um, and just one took like seven mortal wounds and had a, a dude and a half left. And I just left him and charged something on his home objective. Killed everything off and took it turn one. It was one of those, like, the threat range is X, and holy shit, they got it. Uh, maybe it was turn two because I, I advanced and charged, but it was just one of those incredible, like, they moved 30 inches this turn. That's crazy. And it was. <laughs> <laughs> and, and yeah, so so he kind of tuned out after that. But, no, it was, it was a fun event. I'd definitely go back. All the guys there were cool. It was good. It was good. And then that was kind of me getting ready for Adapticon. So. Yeah, that was the weekend before, right? Yes, Yes, it was, yeah. uh, which was a little chaotic because I was desperately trying to paint, get ready for that, and then I just ran the same list at Adepticon because lists were It was were due. also an anomaly because you're supposed to be on vacation, but as previously mentioned, some personal stuff happened, so you were yeah at the house with time off of work and just yes, uh, instead of spending a week at the beach, we spent a day and like three hours at the beach and then came home. So good stuff. So kind of fortunate that you had something to do with your vacation then. You know, the, the plan was to just bang out the two rav- or the two raiders and, and the units I needed. I, there was one other thing. I, the Hellions. I had to paint the Hellions. So that was the plan, you know, to just do that, like, Thursday, Friday. And then I was able to work on them, like, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So got to procrastinate and kind of lay around on, on our spring break, which was nice. Cool. Yeah, school district does have its benefits. And uh, a week off in the spring and the fall, pretty great. So now we're going into Adepticon. Now we wanted to record a pre-Adepticon episode so that we could have done everything up until this point. Yes. Already. Mm-hmm. But tournaments and me trying to get my army painted for Adepticon cut into our uh, our weekend budget there. 
And I think one of the kids was sick right before I went. Uh, Piper and Jordan had the stomach bug. Oh, yeah, um, that's right. Sunday, Monday, I I Tuesday. Was to come over on yes. Sunday. And nobody and could seem to keep anything down yeah. on that half of the family. I, I definitely didn't want to take that into a I didn't, and, and that was my thing, too. Like, I stayed out here with the door shut and a mask on because <laughs> I was not getting the stomach bug on the way to Adepticon. That's a 10-and-a-half-hour drive. Not getting sick, and we're not stopping every 20 minutes, which we kind of ended up stopping every 20 minutes anyways, but that's neither good nor there. We did not. <laughs> we stopped twice. Like four times on the way home. Whatever. Yeah, anyways. Okay. Um, so long drive up on, we left on well, Wednesday. On. So, so oh. now we're going into the Adepticon segment. Yes. So we want to. Transition over. Yes. Transitional noise. Anyway, Adepticon. Yes. And uh, so uh, we, I was oil washing until right before time to go. Yes. Load everything in the car at, what, six? The plan was to wheels moving at six. I think I got to your house at six. You threw your crap in. And uh, we took off at like 6.05. All right. And the trip, the only things notable about the trip up <laughs> are how big windmills are. Yes. We don't have those here. Yeah. And, and, and Indiana has such all a simple of them. concept, but I know I sound stupid, but they're just so freaking big that I just couldn't wrap my mind around it without seeing them myself. Mm-hmm. So that's it about the trip. Yeah. Uh, and toll roads. I mean. Toll roads. I've never been on a toll road before. Literally just paid them today. $11.90 for that interstate, and it was worth it. No stops, no BS, no traffic. I'll pay that every time. All right. So then we get to Adepticon. We we check in. By the way, we got a fantastic parking spot, and every time we had to move the car, I was just terrified we would lose it. But we managed to get within a few spaces every time. So we were one of the closest parked cars to the to the actual hotel. And then on uh, on Saturday, we left... And it was the busiest day. When we came back, we oh got what God. we thought was a worse parking spot. But when it came time to go out there, it really wasn't any farther than the other parking spot. Yeah, I mean, spots. by the time you turned and went down one thing and used this straight shot right there, it was it was great. Yeah. So that's our, but that's anyways. our old man parking spot talk. Yes. So we get in there, <clears throat> and the bathroom has a freaking TV in it. Oh, my God. I'm from the South. This that is just a simple amazing. place. Amazing. And a TV in the bathroom was just... Is, it was amazing. I mean, just being able to listen to Sports Center while taking a shower. Yeah, like when we're, uh, the Formula One race was on, you have to mm-hmm. go use the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. You turn the light switch on. There's the TV. Amazing. Yes. Yes. So, the biggest thing about the night we got there, well, the two biggest things is number one, the line started like two and a half, three hours before they actually started letting you check in. But since you're in the line and you're yeah. two hours deep in it you don't realize how they're doing things. Mm-hmm. Well, and it was our first year. So yeah. we had no idea walking in anything about anything other than what maybe the independent characters talked about two to three years ago. So the, uh, the website or the packet or something from some official Adepticon documentation mm-hmm. says that they might start checking in as early as five, but hangups could delay it to seven, which was the official time. So five o'clock, if everything was going great and mm-hmm. seven o'clock was the actual start time. Spoilers. They started at seven. Yeah, so we didn't know that because every now and then the line was moving. Yeah, yeah, we we moved like two hundred feet at one point. Like, all right, and that's because and then it didn't move for the, an hour before the actual line. Mm-hmm. The actual line was divided up into three or four, or four different sections. That line didn't have anybody in it, so the line was a line to get in line. And so yes. when the line was moving up, it was when they were calling people's last names to get them queued up and get those queues full. And we thought it was people getting their badges because we'd move a few steps forward. Yeah. No, it was just the people that were in line to get in line, getting in line. Well, you win some, yeah. and then you lose some. I mean, right? it was fine, you yeah. know. 
three hours to get in line was less than what I thought, or to get my stuff. Was it was fun though. We met be. people that we continued to talk to all weekend, and we yes. we actually got was it the Dark Eldar guy that we we stood by for like two hours. We we didn't know we yes. played Dark Eldar, yes. and the next day he's like, "You played Dracari too," and yep. me and him chatted like between every game. And I'm I'm terrible with accents, and this gentleman had a. Local accent. No, no, no. Diff- I'm talking about another guy that I was oh. in line with. When, when we split, because we don't have the same last name, uh-huh. <laughs> I went to a different line. And uh, right when I got up there to get my badge, there was another guy talking. And he's like, I can't understand what they're saying. I'm deaf. And so I turned around and told him. And he, I guess he, he can partially hear if he's looking at you and reading lips and whatnot. Yeah. But, dude, he was hilarious. He has one of those. Uh, it's not British, but it's one of those on that island, you know, like Irish or Scottish or something. Oh. I can't tell them apart. I don't know. But he was cussing just like you would expect him to be cussing, and he was freaking hilarious. It's like a whole new language. Yes. I loved every minute that I talked to him because I provided none of the conversation, and I was laughing the entire time like being at a stand-up comedy tour. That's awesome. Yes, it was amazing. But uh, so we we got our badges, and the most remarkable thing about getting the badges was the sheer quantity of Dominion copies that D- GW printed and could not get rid of. It was the theme of the weekend. They were everywhere. They were either free for the v- VIG bag, or they were heavily discounted by every vendor that had them. Every heavily di- discounted. And, and we're talking pallets of this game, and even like the last day. You know, I, I walked by the registration desk and somebody's like, do you want a free book? And it was some like Flames of War expansion or something. He's like, take two. And I was like, really? Okay, sure. And then literally behind him were like three pallets of Dominion. <laughs> I was like, uh, what uh, what's going on here? He's like, they're spoken for. Okay. Like, like the Bits guy had those boxes for 125 Which, not a terrible deal. Yep. I felt I think dumb for $200, paying. Yeah. yeah. It has the core rule book and 2,000 point armies in it. Yeah. But uh, they just overprinted the crap out of it. They thought it was going to be Indomitus, and it was not. No. Um, so, yeah, um, we got our badges. The dice never came in, which I was just tore up about. Um, yeah, so he uh, he ordered some extra stuff. I did not. I just got my badge. And in my, my, uh, my elitism there, where you want to be special and stuff, I realized on the badges that they print out all the stuff that you've ordered on it. And mine just had the Adepticon badge. That was it. It's just one print line and other people walking around like half of that crap. Filled oh in yeah. Like, like paragraphs of, of like three hoodies in this size and a hoodie in that size and this and this and this and this and this. Let's, let's go over these objective markers you got. Let's talk about so what you thought they were. I thought they were going to be the six and a half, seven inch neoprene objective markers, as you would expect from everybody sells them. Mine at Cherokee were 30 bucks. I was like, ah, oh, cool. You know, I'm going first Adepticon. I'll buy a set, whatever. And uh, they hand me a box, which was beautiful in its own right. And I kind of shook it and I heard metal. What the hell is this? You open it up and it's these awesome metal, you know, Adepticon like logo. Yeah, it's like brass, some kind of metal. I don't I don't know. I'm not a, not a metal guy. They would hurt if you get Yeah, you use these as a, as a weapon. You're going to probably put an eye out. Um, but they're just awesome. Skull on one side, Adepticon logo on the other, and numbers. Really cool. Um, so I'll probably use them for just other miscellaneous tokens, like the mission where you drop bombs and stuff like that. Like, you know, they're going to be used on the table. They're too pretty not to, and I paid for them, darn it. And then I also got one of each set of dice, and every, you know, I was like, oh, come back in the morning. Come back tomorrow. They're not here yet. 
Friday. He's like, come back tomorrow. I was like, oh, okay. They had a big sign they eventually posted on a yeah. column that's like, yeah. dice not in yet. No dice yet. <laughs> and then finally on Sunday, they're like, I guess we'll ship them to you. Now, one thing I did not mention uh, on my notes, and so I don't have to make the little noise making clicking on my notes since mm-hmm. I don't have a pen and paper. I mean, uh, I'm going to go ahead and bring it up now. The legendary Bits guy. Oh, the Toledo Game Room. Yeah, that was amazing. We went down there so many times. Yeah, he had all the hobby stuff you need. Mm-hmm. He had all kind of containers of miscellaneous bits that were partial kits and whatnot, like you'd expect from the Bits guy. But he also had uh, pre-assembled pre-painted uh also other game systems like yes. infinity and uh all, all kind of board games it was quite a bit more like i thought the bits guy would be awesome but it was more awesome than i thought he turns it to 11 yes um, and actually something that really caught my eye my wife was an avid warhammer fantasy high elf player and they had everything that i needed or she needed to kind of complete the line so they had the flame spire phoenix painted for 50 bucks a $120 kit when How it came out. How did you get that? Budgeting. Um, I, I had to that. blow money elsewhere. And then they had all like the units painted, every, like 20 bucks for a unit of five of the Sisters of Avalon that shot the magical arrows. We haven't played it in years. Like I just couldn't justify spending like $200 to finish the, the army, you know. And I've got enough gray plastic. That's like the $56 that I spent. That'd be a good something to talk about there. The $56 I spent on that Legion model. So, Star Wars Legion? Oh, yes. So, we went to... Uh, how, about, how about we do that on the day we did it? Because we got... We got yeah, that's a good point. Let's, what day was it? Day three. Okay. I Go believe ahead. I have titled that the uh, Vendor Hall Exploration Day. <laughs> okay. Or maybe it was... That's day two. Though. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure fine. it out. So, yeah, after, after we did the registration, everybody was kind of hanging out in the hall. We didn't really know what lines were for. So, we went to where we th- knew the GW preview was going to be. And we had tickets for it. But apparently it doesn't matter if you have tickets for it or not. And then we found out after waiting in line for like 20 minutes that that wasn't the line. That was just where people were hanging out. And the line wrapped all the way around and then went upstairs and went all the way down another hall. And this uh, this sh- ballroom. So there's the way the, the convention place is set up is there's one building that has three giant halls or rooms in it. And the, the walls separate to make it one big room you can move the walls and then the other area that has a big room is the middle of the convention center and it has doors all the way around it so as a new person being there just like everyone else that went there we thought the front door to this would be where we would go to get in line Nope. no not at all you live and you learn right and it merged with the registration line, so yes. everybody was yelling at us to move and stuff yeah so that's when we were like let's wrap up stairs and then People would come upstairs like, is this a line? I was like, oh no, you, you gotta you gotta keep going upstairs and then down there and then take a left and then keep going. Yes. Um, I don't know how they fit all those people in because I think everyone that was there that night went. If you've been to Adepticon, the line went from the door they were doing it by the bits guy, up the stairs where the golden demon was, and then back down the open play area hall all the way to the end. Yes. And that's just a ridiculous line to get into. And they fit every one of those people in. They did. Don't know how. Let's talk about the preview. All right, let's do it. So it started off with a uh, Cahoots uh, pop quiz almost. Yeah. How um, much do you know the Primarchs or something? Yes. And and there were some really hilarious questions like, you know, did, Mag- did Magnus do something wrong? And it yeah, was so like hard some... yes, hard no, 
Probably, probably not. They did um, a lot of questions <laughs> that were multiple yes. correct answers. They did most of them. They just had one correct answer, but some of them were like obscure references where when you think about, you think you know the personality of the Primarch, so you vote what would go with his personality. Yeah. But then I guess in the lore, he did something different that made it go against that. You went like zero and six. I got <laughs> two start. right. I all right, out of right. out of seventeen. Yeah. And I was like, try this, try this, and I was wrong on all of them too. Yep. So I, I had like three percent left on my phone and battery. I've recently read the Primarch novels, like three or four of them. I'm very disappointed. Yeah. They're trick questions. Not they to sound like my father. Um, <laughs> um, but once it got going, it was really cool. There was some sound issues. I think Mike Brandt had that microphone a little too close or it was too much gain or something. I think he just, he must have too much bass in his voice because either yes. he didn't learn that he needed the microphone further away from his face and I can't imagine nobody told him. Yeah. Or his yeah. Va- voice is just too deep because during the Golden Demon, which was the last thing they did five days later, he was still swallowing the microphone and it oh still gosh. couldn't understand what he was saying. Yeah. Wow. So uh-huh. I would assume that it's not him. I would have to assume because I know someone had to tell him. Yeah. Cause if, you know, you got an audio guy there. It's you, like, Hey buddy, don't eat the microphone. You would think like right here. It's just <laughs> two of us. Yes. And if I swallow the microphone, you're going to jump my ass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can and will. Um, so after the, after the little quiz, um, they they started the preview off. They uh, started with Necromunda, Ash Waste. I don't remember what they started with. I just I, remember the three things I remember were yes. the Ash Waste and the two other things we're about to talk about. Yeah, so Necromunda, I've always wanted to play it. I thought this would be different. I don't know why or how. Oh, they also had the uh, Warhammer Underworlds, I think. Yeah. I don't care anything about that. Yeah. I think the Necromunda looks cool. The models look cool, but there's not enough terrain to really justify me buying it that I'm interested in. And there's not enough models to justify me buying it. You're talking about the kit. The, yeah. The, the opening the launch new, kit, but the game whatever. itself you're interested in. Yes. I want to play, but I just, yeah. you know, I'm not really, I don't know. So here's my hope. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that they polish the turd that is the Necromunda rules. This is an expansion, not uh, right. But yeah, they, so I they don't can think polish this is with an expansion. Eh, we'll see. Or no, not expansion. Standalone. They said it was standalone. Because what happens when you play Necromunda is the game is old enough that there's a whole lot of FAQs and stuff. But even the FAQs don't answer it. Like Mini Wargaming did a thing where they ran a campaign with Necromunda 2.0, the current rule set. And they're veteran wargamers, and they got into several different issues where they did not know how something worked and had to house rule it. Hmm. That's okay. with stopping recording, researching, coming yeah. back, and like, there's no answer. We just had to house rule it. All right, all right. Um, then what else had you interested? Let's just go down the list here. All right, so the number one thing that has me interested is I mm-hmm. play in Blood Angels in the tournament only because that was my cheapest entry point. My favorite army is Chaos Space Marines, and I had no interest in Chaos Knights. Not really. Until? Until this trailer. My goodness, this Chaos Knight box that's coming out is going to have the data cards, the codex, Two war war dogs or warhounds, something uh, dog. I think it's war, war dogs. something. Yeah, yeah, war dogs, and then this big dude abomination. Yeah, oh, it's <laughs> a psyker too, and and it's it's not just that abomination though. He can be built as the other two kits as well. So mm-hmm. he's like an upgrade mm-hmm. sprue in the old kit. Yep, and uh, so I'm pretty pretty excited about that. Enough so that I immediately went and bought two uh, of the armagers from the GW store there. Yes. Uh, and I've been working on assembling those, and I, I bought Kurt's knife that he said sitting on his shelf uh, collecting dust for a while. Built, magnetized, and uh, played once. By the way, do you have the chess piece for it? 
If it was in the sprues, uh, maybe I might. Let's okay. let's look later. It's the only piece that's missing. I'm sure it's here somewhere. Cool. <laughs> but yeah, so those knights really got me excited, and they've also announced that there's going to be some rules with some kind of units from Bellacore to be playable with knights in this new white dwarf that's coming out. Which I also have Bellacore, so that would be very uh very exciting for me because apparently this gentleman Bellacore teleported one of the night worlds that had oh. ne- that had not encountered. Uh, the Empire since the Dark Age of Technology or whatever, and just teleported it somewhere. Yeah, House Raven is now in, like, Nurgle territory or something, that's, which I... That's a story advancement? Let's talk about that for a second. That does not happen often. Just thought it was interesting. They're like, so so does House Raven fall? Or or do the Imperial guys now be like, oh, well, we're Cadia now. Like, so the we were story, off-planet. I'm the, curious. The story was in the old Chaos Knights book. I had no idea. Yeah, so this was a non-Imperium world with Titans. Mm-hmm. So from not being, uh, what is that word? Brought into... Compliance. They're not a compliant world. Bellacore goes there, teleports them to Demon Land, wherever he teleported them to. And uh, the way the article listed it in the Warhammer community is like, and you know, if Bellacore teleports your world somewhere, you just join Bellacore. That's just what you do. I don't imagine there's a lot of negotiations. And the there. sisters came in and tried to liberate them, mm-hmm. and the Titans destroyed them. Oh, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I thought <laughs> it was a pretty cool story. All right, all right. And then uh, the big one. The big one. This the big is one. the most amazing trailer they've ever put out. If they would just get another voice actor. You don't like the bad guy from Inspector Gadget? Well, not when you listen to the Horace Heresy <sighs> books. Yeah. If I hadn't listened to Horace Heresy books, I don't think I'd care. Like, was that guy not available? I <laughs> so so we got like a two and a half minute trailer for Heresy 2.0, uh, or sorry, Warhammer, the Horace Heresy. At one point, I raised my arms up like, yes, and I was the only person that did that, so I felt really dumb. <laughs> <laughs> but I was excited after I got the guys behind us to finally be quiet and stop joking and laughing. Dude, I can't believe, like, that's how I knew you were into it. Was you just turned around and just nipped that right in the bud? When they were talking about Sig- or Sigmar was happening, when I turned around, I was like, "Hey, I'm excited for this. I know you might not be, but don't ruin it for me." We can't hear. I was like, "Well, I can't hear if you're talking either, buddy." Um. So, and then they stayed relatively quiet. Mm-hmm. They they started talking again, and I turned back towards them, and they both just went quiet. <laughs> um. Which I'm not one to do that. That's what I. That's what I was thinking. I'm yeah, like, but <laughs> I was like, "That's how I know he's into this." My wife would have been so proud. <laughs> I don't think I told her about that. Oh man, you need she'll to. find out when she hears this. Um, but no, Heresy Two is coming. And and by the way, did you look through all those leaks? Uh, I gotta tell you, man, a hundred and twenty-seven page Imgur album is just too much for me. It, it was, but I, I was like, "Well, let's see this and see this." So the rules are cool. I, I, you know, obviously it's playtest stuff still, but. Uh, there's some play there. I'm very excited. It's still seventh edition based, I guess. Roughly, yeah. I think I think it's kind of a mix. I don't know. We'll see. And, and everything was in not in order, so it'd be like Ravenguard rules, Space Wolf infantry, Rend rules. Oh, that's terrible. It, so it was like, why you literally have to flip? All right, where, where's the next page of Ravenguard? And then it was like, wait, 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 traitor Ravenguard traits. Go on. <laughs> so we might be shifting gears a little bit with my unpainted Ravenguard army. <laughs> So we'll see. Um, and they also talked about the scale of Horus Heresy, that it's in between it's, Primaris and Original. Yes, which I don't care. I don't either, but I mean, no. people do care. I'll I'll mix them together, and nobody's going to bat an eye, because yep. just like in real life, nobody's the exact same height as all their friends. I'm the short guy in the group. Just, you know, part of it. 
So I have some short guys and I have some tall guys. And That's an excellent way to look at it. Because even in the stories, they're all not the yeah. same size. I don't know why people are so salty. You know, when there's a petition to make Games Workshop change the armor marks and stuff, it's like, man, just shut up and play the game. If you don't want to play, don't play it. I, I don't know. I don't get it. Yeah, like, I can understand it if it was a historical game of real history, but it's a historical game about fake history. Future history. Yeah, future fake history. <laughs> is it's it? important the fake is there. Is it? We don't know. <laughs> um, so, touché, so sir. Touché. That went on until 10, 30, 11 o'clock. And as you would expect... I was jazzed and couldn't sleep. Oh, hold on. There's more. But wait. So there was the Q&A at the so, end. So afterwards, there was a Q&A. Which they planted somebody, I would assume. I don't know. Or either they went around and asked people what their questions were and made that guy wait till the end. Maybe. But the very last question was like, Winter Chaos Marines. Are we ever going to get some attention to Chaos Space Marines? And of course, Eddie Eccles is laughing, just like, oh. It's like, all right, what's going on here? And then they play the quick little 10 second two wounds. So it's coming. With, I mean, we already knew it was coming. They announced it when Ninth Edition came out. So they've literally done nothing. You, you got some supplement stuff and chart on book but, two. There's no two wounds though, are there? I, I know. Yeah, we we FAQ'd it for our crusade. You did, did slightly better. I did a lot better. I won that game. <laughs> you beat me playing Drakari for the first time. But I mean, I still <laughs> I won. It's a win. It's a win. All right. So uh, now we're moving on to the. To the turn in well, well, so so we were up super late. Oh, it was probably yeah. midnight when we finally lay down to go to sleep, and you were coming off of being on third shift. We tried to flip you. You were up at four a.m. I don't, I don't do very well. There's people I work with who flip their shift every weekend. Yeah, I don't know how they do it, but I like I'm just a baby when I do that. I'm just grouchy, irritable, terrible to be around, just a whiny baby. As a guy that's been a week with you in a hotel. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, so, I, so I took off an extra day mm-hmm. so that I could try to stay up and get started before we left. Uh-uh. And uh, it didn't work because I just, like I said, I have a, like I'm on amphetamines because of medication. And if I time that wrong or I drink caffeine at the wrong time, they combo off each other and I just messes everything up. I can't sleep with, if I change my schedule. So I was trying. It was a struggle. But by the time the tournament rolled around, I did all right. Yeah. I mean, after that day, getting us up at 4 a.m., you know, rocking five hours of sleep and playing in your first tournament that's four games in a day. And because of me, we we rocked like four or five hours of sleep the first three days. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. I just just couldn't sleep. You did great on Sunday, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, so so there's boxes. It's okay. Um, We had... Very little sleep, like barely function. Even I was like pounding energy drinks and stuff, trying to, to just wake up. Um, of course, jitters for the tournament and everything, and like Adepticon starting. Uh, we went to the Toledo Bits guy super early. We found your Blood Angels cards that you had ordered on Amazon that did not show up. So you canceled them. Yeah, so I ordered these cards, and I didn't know Amazon Prime had changed their policy. And it said Prime when I ordered them. So I just thought I'd have them in a couple of days and like two weeks go by. Mm-hmm. I don't have them. And I was like, Oh yeah, I need to check on that. So I had ended up having to cancel it. They moved it to the Friday while I was at Adepticon. So that wasn't going to work and they're probably going to move it again. So I canceled that order and, uh, we get there and we're walking around and the Toledo games group guy has my cards. How about that? It's amazing. You know, thinking about this, I do have one regret about tournament day. Yeah. I wish I had started pounding Corona's on tournament day. You know, 
it was that initial shock of nine dollars for a beer that yeah. that kept me away from beer we until ended up Saturday. Over it, but you did, yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So so first tournament, first build up, first registration, first being in a room with that many forty k people at a time. All right, talk so, to me, goose. So here we go. Oh my god, I made a reference to a movie that I absolutely hate. I love oh, that movie. I hate that movie. So, Days of Thunder, I love that one too. I remember my dad playing Days of Thunder on the NES when I was a child, but that is my only experience with Days of Thunder. I thought that racing game looked so cool. Anyways, carry on. So, before game one, well, first I want to talk about the cart. So the cart. Kurt took a uh, went to his first tournament and had no cart. No cart. He saw other people with the cart. He said to himself, "Self, I've got to get one of these carts." I bought a cart. It was a life changing decision for Kurt. Literally, as he talked about it, and I believe he mentioned on the last episode. Mm-hmm. Yes, he did because I. So we, we were looking up the model number between our during our break. So he got his cart. Got my cart. Went on to tell me about how awesome it was. It's a great cart, and I know better than Kurt does about moving forty k around because he gets to play at his house. So whenever we finish playing a game, he has the ultimate table of gaming where you can just leave his models on the table and put the lid back on the table, and it functions as a normal table. With his Warhammer models up under it if he wants to. We call that the perk of spending 20 grand to convert your garage to a game room. Just just saying. So <laughs> he has this amazing setup, so he doesn't have to worry about moving his models around that much until he starts I mean, going to tournaments. I go five feet from the table to the IKEA display case. So uh, I bring my models to and from every time, and I'm on the second floor of my apartment building. So I'm aware. So I thought, self, you've really got to copy Kurt on this one. So I kept holding off because I didn't want to spend my Adepticon budget on a cart and my wife talked me into it. So I, I had the cart and let me tell you, we bought carts. It was amazing. I don't know how, how, like you see people walking around with their stuff and it's like, dude, if you stub your toe, your whole army's done. I almost lost, you know, I had the FLG tray for uh, uh Cherokee and going down the escalator, man, I, I almost bit it to where somebody was like, oh, and started like running to try to help. And I just, like, I need a cart. <laughs> yeah, so you, you saw a lot of people there without it. You saw people with these big display boards that were over a foot tall, just carrying them with upper body strength. Who knows from where? From their car? Yeah. From the 10th floor? Even it's a so. 14th floor, 15th floor hotel. Mm-hmm. And you've got to just carry it. It's not like the, the elevator has a table for you to set it down on. I mean, that would that's just the army and the display board, not his dice and game tools and rule books, which you'd have to have in another bag. Battle bag. Yeah, so so thank you. You're for, welcome. For the card idea. You can it, thank the guys at Legion on April twenty third when we go up there and play there. It came in handy not just on tournament day, but every day. Like moving in moving my stuff in from the car, I was able mm-hmm. to get all my stuff. On one, the cart. One trip. One trip to the hotel room. And the same thing going back, even after I bought a bunch of stuff. Because mm-hmm. it's a 200-pound weight limit. So I was, I was very excited about that. So the, the cart was awesome and deserves its own freaking segment. It's a nice cart. Yes. I wish my one caster would spin like the other three, um, but that's neither here nor there. All right. So as we go down there to get ready, um, it was an 8 o'clock pre-judging, 9 o'clock game start. Yes. So we went down there at 8. Our armies did not get judged. They eventually did that in a later round. Right. I never found out what my paint score was. I didn't either. 
Which maybe maybe if one day they post to the ITC, we can look at our hobby track and figure out what we got. But that day is not today. Right. Still still waiting. Have yeah. you checked today? I have. It's okay. not on there. I'm not going to look then. Get around. So the day of, we go down. And uh, when I was oil washing my models, I had broken two wings off of my 3D printed jump packs for my Blood Angels. Oh, I remember this. And so I thought, well, for my painting score, I'm just going to glue these on real quick. Well, the bases, I had glued paint to paint. The paint of the foot to the paint of the base. I'd painted them separately. So instead of it being plastic to plastic in, a, in the super glue, it just wasn't a good bond. And I didn't think about it. So I'm sitting there holding it together. And I'm like, hey, Kurt, can you drop this uh, quick dry stuff on here? And as I'm doing it, where I'm putting pressure on, it breaks the bond. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing just hits the yeah, floor and that shatters. That model just liquefied. I yeah. felt so bad standing there holding the accelerant like, oh. <laughs> it was, well, it was the, funny. The sad. jump pack obliterated, but I was yes. able to use the plastic model. Right. So I, I still had my stand-in for my, my sanguinary guard. Um, so that was, that was a very frustrating way to start the day off. Now, I did go into this tournament knowing I would go 0-4. The Blood Angels have a 30-something percent win rate. And there are people who do better with Blood Angels, but this is my first tournament. I don't They're know. They're very play. technical. They right. know every yeah. And so. I, I'm not. I don't even know how to place my own terrain. Mm-hmm. I'm strategically the only thing I know about the game is how to move and charge. You know, just your basic stuff. I don't know the advanced tactics. Just aren't there yet. And I don't have the secondaries memorized. So when I go up to an army and I'm like, okay, so the secondary I usually pick probably isn't going to work here, but I don't want to waste time taking away from my chess clock to try to read every one of these and make another decision. So I made a lot of bad secondary choices during the whole tournament because I just didn't know the secondaries that well. Uh, But every game I had was a blast. It was an absolute blast. So... Uh, the first game, gentlemen, let me do the scorekeeping on my first ever tournament game, and I forgot to check the armies were painted on the score sheet, and didn't realize it until the end of the second round. I ended up getting the judge fixed it for me. Oh shame! But uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I didn't I didn't know that that was I didn't even think about it until the second game, and uh, the way that ITC Battles app syncs with uh, Best Coast Pairings is pretty cool, so that. Whenever you have a new game come up, it just refreshes and you select the game and put in the information. Uh, I really enjoyed that. Uh, so this first game was, let me pull up my list here. First one was Orcs. And uh, my notes is I've got Gaz because Gazgul was in there. So I had forgotten how the rules work with models that max out on damage per turn and thought it was per turn and not per phase. Oh. So I thought there's no point in attacking him because I won't kill him to the fourth round and this game's going to be over before then because I'm blood angels. And, uh, so he came in and I forget everything that he had in his list, but he had an amazing display board. There were some helicopters, um, def copters, sir. I'm sorry. Def copters. <laughs> And I want to say that there was an open top vehicle or two. Kill rigs. Uh, oh, there trucks. definitely was a couple of trucks. Yeah. yeah. So um, that was pretty cool. I ended up, uh, I think I scored pretty decently. I did. No, I didn't. I did not score pretty decently. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, 
I scored 34 points to his 91. And uh, my 34 points was mostly a couple of primaries and Oath of Moment, I believe, where I got points for killing a vehicle. But uh, the, it's really gas. He moved him into the middle of the field. So that limited what I could do because I know he's a blender for one. And two, I didn't know when I should put wounds into him. I have to have a strategy. So, like, if you have a psychic phase, you can put four wounds there. Then a shooting phase, you can put four wounds there. And then a fight phase, four wounds there. I didn't know this. Mm -hmm. I thought just once per turn. And I was like, I don't want to sacrifice a unit just to do four damage. Like, yeah. my Thunderhammer guys are going to do three damage per hit. And that's just, they're gone. Great. Yeah. Yeah. So, I didn't know what to do there. I killed a whole bunch of his stuff. Uh, my my uh, smash captain put in work against his uh, vehicle and killed it in one turn, one one activation, and then charged another one and killed it in one activation. Oh, that's amazing! And uh, I thought that was pretty cool. So, however, at the end of the day, you know, I misplayed a whole bunch, but he knew his army. He's uh, he'd been in previous ITC tournaments this year, sure, and uh, he did a lot better than me. So. Well, on top of all this too, like I, you know, not to, to call you out on, on, on podcast here, but you were pretty nervous. Oh yeah. Like almost yeah. shaking before the, the first game started. I have a, <laughs> a phobia of being wrong. Uh, yes. Yes. And, uh, it's a, it's a serious problem. Uh, I get that. So I didn't want, I would have rather lost than to done, did something that could be cheating or a misplay or, or doing it. I mean, not misplay, but just doing something that was technically wrong. Yeah. So I just got to get over that kind of stuff. As, as I get more familiar with the game, that'll happen. I think and that's so. what this is about. Sure. Now, that's do you want to do all four of your games or do you want to alternate game ones or how do you, how do you want to, let's, let's alternate. So it's just not one of us talking okay. the whole time. Do you have the scores for my games? I do. Okay. Cause I, I was gonna say I had those sheets and I chucked them because your first one, was mm -hmm. a guy that ended up going two and two chaos yes. knights. Yes, it was fifty eight to seventy four. Yes. Um. So first time playing knights chaos or otherwise. Um. He was an okay guy. Have we mentioned that you're playing Drakari this podcast for people that come into? I've this played Drakari on all my stuff. So I just don't know I, if we mentioned it maybe. this episode or not. Ah, that's but a great it excuse is to go back and listen to one through five, isn't it? <laughs> um. So yeah, played played my Drakari. I had never played knights, and at some point. What is the secondary where you kill Titanic stuff? Uh, I don't know the name of it, but I know it's just for killing Titans. Yes. I don't know why, but I thought the War Dog or Armager equivalents were Titanic models. I would models. have thought it would have been too. Crazy, right? So You're I chose that secondary, and, and after like turn two, I had killed three. I was like, yeah, I maxed it out. And he was like, You're at zero, dog. Uh, he didn't say dog because he was very, he reminded me of Jonathan, probably uh. a little more than he should have. Uh, but he was very just like, you haven't scored anything. Very, like, matter of fact. Huh? Because <laughs> he only had two big knights. I was like, oh, I fucked up. Um, by the way, not safe for work warning. Um, so he, <laughs> he actually let me change to bring it down midway through. He's like, I knew what you, you were thinking. A lot of people do it. It's okay. So we switched to bring it down. I think I ended up getting, like, 13 with bring it down because I killed a big knight and then three or four of the little ones, and I, I did okay, you know? And I think he saw how the game was going. It was it was a bloodbath, Shane. Uh, turn it one. It doesn't look like a bloodbath via the score. It's only well, a sixteen point loss. I never I had never played it before, so I just I wasn't prepared for a lot of things. And and at the bottom of turn one, 
he had three armager war dog things coming towards my back half that didn't have a lot of stuff so i literally threw my witches charged through a building because he couldn't overwatch just to get them in combat and try to hold them off and and those witches held those forever because you know he only gets so many melee attacks they got a four up involved so like oh three but uh, yeah those are melted they're gone whatever um so they held him on for a little while my succubus ended up killing one off um now, do they get to shoot in combat like the Tau suits do? Yes. Again, hadn't played Knights before. <laughs> Didn't know, but but they their saves are so much better in combat, and I, I whittled one down to, like, one wound, so he was immediately neutered and only hitting on fives, and it hurt him. And he was... So you get your... You get your uh, melee uh, save buff, even though it's the shooting phase, as long as you're in engagement range? If no, because shooting at me against melee attacks, they have a five up interval. Okay. Which is why I just try to, you know, if they're in the open, they're going to die. So my only play was like, well, at least maybe I can whittle one down before you just shoot them to death. Right. Um, and it, it kind of worked. You know, volume of, I think they had 45 attacks or something and re rolling a ton of stuff because of the succubus, uh, which re rolling wounds of one against, you know, when you're normally getting sixes, it, it helps. Yes, um, absolutely. So I was able to whittle one down. Um, I I just threw a lot of stuff away because I didn't know, you know, he, he blew up a Ravager turn one, so I hid the other one, I'd move, and then I'd shoot it and hide it back. Um, it was it was crazy. I, again, I think if I played them again, now that I've seen kind of their stick and what they do, and then I realized the little guys count as five models obsec. I could have played that a little bit differently, but I did clear him off a couple of objectives and held those, and, and that's where I got most of my points off the primary. Um, I don't remember my secondaries. I've got the, I think I chucked the sheets that actually had the scoring stuff on it, but it was uh, it was a learning game, I think. you know. Yeah, first time playing a new faction, mm -hmm. playing against a new faction. And then it just got to where I didn't have enough to hold objectives, and, you know, his... It, at one point, I think he had the equivalent of, like, 35 models on the middle objective. Uh, or 30, yeah, you know, 35 obsec models. And I'm like, nope, I'm just going to avoid that at all cost. Uh, conceded that and then, you know, held other things. So. All right, so my second game. Game two. Is my most memorable game. Yeah? Oh. Yeah, so the you person play. I played is currently ranked number one in the world, but was ranked number five when I played him. Yeah. His name is uh, Ryan Snyder. And uh, he was an excellent opponent. So he has the whole game memorized, it seems. Like every stat line for every weapon. He just knows what they are. He knows what your rules are. And uh, I don't know what my rules are. Like, when I'm playing my dudes, I know I know some of the stuff offhand. Like, I know their strength, toughness, weapon skill, ballistic skill. But for the weapon profiles, I still have to reference them. Like, is this the guy that's got minus two, three damage? Or the guy that's got minus three, two damage, you know? And uh, so... When I'm going into it, I also don't have, like, how expensive each unit that I play is so that I'm sitting there looking at efficient trades and stuff. I'm just trying to learn the basics. And so we go to he's, – he's playing Custodes, and he's got all bikes, I guess is what they're called, right. hover bikes, uh, yeah. and all hover tanks. We know what you're talking about. So he's got a really cool-looking army, but no uh, nobody on foot, not a single model, I don't think. Mm -hmm. And – I placed the terrain terribly and he, uh, the memorable thing. I mean, other than the fact that I just, I played terribly, but 
he did one thing where he was trying to score some points uh, getting into my backfield with a character of his. So I charged him with, I think it was, I can't remember if it was my Vanguard Vets or my Sanguinary Guard, but I charged him with them. Mm-hmm. And those guys are blenders. Yes. And uh, they did not blend. This dude just took it. One guy stood up against seven dudes. Seven or... Yeah, I think it was seven dudes. So, just absolutely kicked my butt. He didn't even try to kill them either, by the way. He just went ahead and kept moving to score his secondaries. Yeah. And uh, I didn't kill a single model of his. We got to one point where I was like, do you just want to call it here? And he's like, he's like, no, I think it'd be faster to just play it out. So, he then wiped all my models off the table over the next 20 minutes. Wow. So, he wanted to get his 100 points. Of course. And uh, I scored 24. You didn't do as badly as I did against Harlequins. So, I got 14 points outside of my paint score. Yep. I got seven against Harlequins. So, <laughs> so uh, you doubled what I did. The most memorable thing about this was not how bad I got beat was that he spent like an hour after that, because the game was over pretty quickly. He spent like an hour after that teaching me how to set up terrain for my army and going over some basic strategy to give me a foundation to build on for competing with that list. And I thought that was amazing. Gave me some ideas on things to change in the list, on how to use the list, sure. and most importantly, how to set up the terrain. You uh, you pay good money for that online. Yes. If you've priced the art of war lately. Yeah. So, in... <laughs> in uh, I would like to point out something we haven't mentioned yet and something that other podcasts have spoken about is Adepticon doesn't have a lot of terrain. No, and I'm going to go into that game too. Yeah, because there's there's some tables where the bases of the terrain are so big you have a hard time fitting them on the table, mm-hmm. but there's there's not a lot there. It's just big bases of with a couple of trees and a it's, rock on it. It's my understanding too, though, that the terrain has gotten significantly better this year than in previous years where it was basically planet bowling ball with two buildings and a hill. Yeah, so the uh, we went by and looked at the tables before the tournament started. And I think the the GW Open, they have 12 pieces of terrain per table. Four, four, and four of the different sizes. Sure. And so that's what I look at when I look at a table. And we had eight for the Adepticon tables. Right. And uh, a lot of those eight pieces weren't line of sight blocking. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I just want to bring that up. Yeah, so... So my game two was against orcs and we had the ice forest table and you know, the rules basically say like if, if you have terrain there, you have to place it, which basically meant that uh, the only way to place that terrain was basically to put these massive fire lines down the middle and on like the left flank, it was just basically wide open because that's the only way you can make everything four inches from this and four inches from that, three inches from this. And, and he just came right at me wide open everything could just shoot everything i had um now he did put gas in the middle of the table very early on um and i unfortunately i couldn't get my hellions over there to do the eviscerating flyby and do the mortals just flying over because that was my plan i was like i could do that and then i could just put all my shooting into him and then i could probably get four wounds on my 45 witch attacks um but that that didn't go as planned um blew up a couple vehicles and all his stuff got out which then meant I was facing like 40 orc bodies that just hard to kill. And he just swarmed me and swarmed everything and just basically tabled me turn three, maybe. Um, I didn't, that was probably my worst game 
if if I had to rank. Oh, no, my last game no, was it wasn't. the worst game. Yeah. yeah you lost by 49 <laughs> on this one. Yeah. I mean. You scored 30 points, not I got, 17. I got 30, but I hadn't played an orc list like this. I'm used to playing like speed freaks and, and that sort of thing. And this was just goffs and lots and lots of dudes that just run and shoot and take some hits. Um, or can tank some hits, rather, because I, I just could not do anything against him. <sighs> not not a good game. All right, so my uh, lunchtime. No, this was this was after lunch. Yeah, the first it was first game. Then game lunchtime. two and three were together. Okay, yeah. okay. So yes. this uh, this third one I played against uh, World Eaters. Yes, and uh, I really enjoyed this game, and I thought it was a foregone conclusion that I would win. Like from what I was, I'd, spoiler, I didn't win any games. But I thought it was a foregone conclusion that I would win this game and the last game that I played. Because in my mind, the way the game state appeared to be going, I was winning. Things get easier as you get worse and worse or whatever. And so when I lost those games, when I would realize I was losing, I was like, what the heck? Because everything I was doing was successful. So I was just doing the wrong things, apparently. Uh, so one thing that was cool is this guy had... Hell Drakes, I think is what they're called. He had two of those. He had Karn, the Betrayer, which was awesome. And so I got to, I think he had a couple of transports. I think he had two transports, several units of Berserkers, uh, and uh, Karn and the, the Hell Drakes. So this is when I learned why Hell Drakes are bad. Hell Drakes look like planes. They don't have the aircraft keyword. No way. And they can be attacked by normal non-fly infantry. You're kidding. They just have the basic fly keyword. Like so all just my like transports. A, just like a guy with a jump pad. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So they he have, lands between. Yeah. Huh. So. That's a game changer. Yeah. So I obliterated them. I obliterated everything I touched except for Karn the Betrayer. Well, you know. He, obliter- he obliterated the unit and his own guys, which was amazing to watch. I really, I really enjoyed watching Karn mess stuff up. We had a, they got, my opponent was real fun, and uh, we just had a lot of fun playing the game. And we just, we just both Zerg rushed each other. You know, when the game came out, I should have played a little bit more cagey, but I thought I could win, and I was mistaken because so much, huh? the Corn Berserkers get to fight twice. Surprise! Yes, and he was good at using his stratagems to get the most out of his fighting twice. Like, I think he had something, I think he had two or three stratagems where he could just customize their profiles and be like, okay, now they have re-roll a wound, and then now they have a minus one, extra minus one AP, or whatever. Um, so, yeah, that's the that's that one. I lost that one to, uh, by 18 points. Ooh. It was a very low-scoring game, 43 to 61. I mean, it's two melee armies just smacking each other. It's, yeah. I don't, I don't know what you expected. Yeah, true. <laughs> Um, my game three, after the first two games, you know, the players just kind of like, mm, and, and they were kind of antisocial. I walked up to this guy, Shay, and, uh, just based off his demeanor, I was like, this is going to be my favorite game of the day and told him, he's like, you think so? I was like, oh, buddy, I know. So we're going to have a blast. And Shane, we had a blast. Uh, and, and as you know, I ran into this guy like 10 other times and we just talked every time I ran into so, him. I do want to clarify something that I didn't seem to remember from while we were at Adepticon. Mm-hmm. When I was putting your list into this spreadsheet that I made yes. to track our tournament progress, sure. 
It looks like you played Astro Mill Time twice in a row. I did. Okay, I just want to make yep. sure I got it written down right. I did. Okay. Yes. Um, so this guy was super cool. Check him out on Instagram. He is Cadian Sergeant Steel. He's got like thousands of likes. I'm very sad to not see my army and my my objective markers on there promoting this podcast. But uh, win some, lose some, right? Yep. <laughs> uh, but he was super fun. Um, his list, I, I don't know guard, so I couldn't tell you. But he, he had a little bit of everything. He wasn't playing the meta. He was just there to have a good time and roll, you know, dice with his favorite army. And... Uh, it was cool. So he gave out a sticker and a dice to everybody he played. And I am pricing stickers and dice as we speak. So <laughs> Hell yeah. to be determined. So between the three of us, me, you and my wife, like every time we play somebody, Hey, you know, cause you know, I just Googled him and followed him while we, while we were talking. Um, so maybe that will work for us. Who knows? Um, it was a very, very close game. 58 to 54. And it's one of those, like, I was having so much fun. We were scoring it, but I wasn't really paying attention to the score during the game. And looking back on it, like, I could have moved or advanced one unit and took an objective, and that would have swung it or tied it or whatever. Um, But I just, or I could have popped one more bring it down target. And, you know, uh, it was was a blast, though. He was so fun to play with. Um, it It was great. All right, so this is where uh, we mentioned that this is a four games in one day tournament. Yes, game around two, or I'm sorry, round four starts at nine, eight thirty, nine o'clock. I mean, it was. I don't, crazy. I don't think it was that late. It was like ten fifteen when we when I finished my last game. Oh wow, okay. Yeah. And then you were still playing during yeah, this time. So. Yeah. So, uh, typical tournaments are three in a day. There mm-hmm. was one that Adam Camillari mentioned that was five in a day in Australia. It's called an Iron Man, sir. That's rough. But this was my first tournament, and I'm an overweight guy. I've been in over a table, moving my models all day. You was done. And uh, so my, my back started hurting. And uh, anyway, I still had a fun time. I was playing Ultramarines. I ended up uh, looking up the dudes I played on uh, social media just to add them, yeah, and yeah. only one of them did I find, huh. and it was this guy. So he was in his post, he was talking about the game he won. Now so this was, was the Ultramarine player, right? Yep. Okay, cool. And so I, I commented on his thing. So now we're oh, nice. Instagram buddies. BFFs forever. Yeah, BFFs forever. That's what, the, that's what they talk about the tournament thing is people just, you start seeing people all the time and, yes. and you end up having this community that it's, it, 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 there's no money in competitive war, Warhammer. Nope. You're only doing it for fun. It's not like mm-hmm. you're walking away with a new car. Well, on that same note, I ran into Alex from Cherokee at Adepticon and it was just like, oh, and, good time and we ended up talking for like 20 minutes and he was asking about Jordan and how she's doing and was telling me what he'd done to tweak his list and you know every time I saw him we chat so it was it was we had planned to get together and play Saturday but you know his his whole crew started getting sick apparently it was COVID because that was a thing at the end um but uh so we didn't get to like have our, our grudge match after the fact for Cherokee remit you know um but definitely looking forward to you know running into him again so so the Ultramarines list, I lost because he was better at using his stratagems than me. Yes. Um, that's the only reason I lost. So I've just got to get better at that. My 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 two biggest things that I need to, to get better at, other than just fundamentals, I mean, I, I can improve in every way, obviously. But the two biggest things that are hurting me is my use of stratagems. I'm just not spending my command points. And my my stratagems are really good. I just forget about them. And uh, 
the secondaries, I don't have them memorized. So if, since I don't have them memorized, I can't go up to a table and be like, okay, I'm playing Ultra Means. That means uh, probably this one's better than that one. I have to sit there and look at them, yeah. which slows everything down. So those are my two biggest things uh, I think I need to work on right now, and that's why I lost because I felt like I was winning the whole game and then I lost because he used so many stratagems to turn up his number of shots. And uh, well, I think in the last round, too, my game had ended. And I, I came over, and he's like, hey, i, I got to go pee real quick. And I was like, hey, move this here, do this, try this, try this. And it still just wasn't enough to bring you out of your hole. No. So I, I tried. I mean, it, it wouldn't have. Uh, the thing that really sealed it in was Ultramarines are really good at Overwatch. That's kind of their thing, I think. I, I charged into these guys that had these ranged weapons that hit real hard. Do you know what the unit was? It wasn't Hellblasters. It was another one of the heavy units, and it was like five dudes, so it wasn't one of the three-man squads. Like a Devastator squad or something? Might have been. And, uh, like, they had, like, minus three AP, and they had a D6 damage weapon, I think it was. Yeah, it was a... Whatever it was, it was a D6 damage weapon. I remember that for sure. I'll pull this list up while you're talking. You do you. So, when I charged... uh, I charged a character into him. I think it was my Sanguinary Priest with Teeth of Terra. So, it's got, like seven or eight attacks or something. And uh, I thought, I'm just going to mess these guys up. And I had my smash captain off to the side that I was going to charge in second. But he used like two stratagems or something on these guys and re-rolled a bunch of crap and just melted the entire unit. Not one guy made it into melee range. Or Oh, no, it was the character. So I sent in... Yeah, I was going to charge a unit in and then send a character in to help. So the unit I sent in, it was the... It was uh, my Blade Guard uh, veterans, the guys with freaking two up, four up shields and three wounds each. And he'd killed all four of them. I think you faced down an eradicator squad. Okay. Because those. They dudes, eradicated. It's in the name. Yeah. It sure is. <laughs> but I just didn't see that coming in, a, in an Overwatch. Surprise. Yeah. Jeez. So, yeah. So that, that, was, that was rough. That was my game four when the. The tiredness was really getting me from sh- switching shifts. My back was hurting. Uh, and then the concrete floors didn't help things. But none of that had anything to do with me losing the game. Rob that was Bear, just experience. Rob Bear warned me in the elevator at Cherokee. Adepticon's a bitch because of the concrete floors. And holy shit. Next time, listen to Rob Bear. Yes. Yes. Um, my game four was bad. I played a guard player. I'm not even going to name him. Um... It was all indirect fire. In the top of the first turn, I lost 17 of my 20 Hellions, both Ravagers, um, just about all the infantry that was able to be seen, and a Raider, and the subsequent explosions and leadership failures and everything else that came with that. To the I, I maybe had 700 points left on the table at the top of turn one. I haven't moved yet because Holy everything's cow. hidden behind obscuring. And all that indirect fire just obliterated everything. And I, I don't know guard. He was re-rolling this and re-rolling that, re-rolling how many dice he got. And I just went to the TO and was like, hey, it's late. I'm out. And and the TO convinced me to uh, to keep playing so he can score all of his points that he should get. Um, and basically, I just moved everything to the middle. I know I denied quite a bit of points to him. And as you know, because at like midnight in bed, um, I realized what had happened, and I lost 100 to something. 
36. But based off his secondaries and the points I denied him in the first couple of rounds, there's no way he could have scored 100 points. So Right, like even if he played by himself. I think he took retrieve knockman data, which means he could only get 97. Yeah, but and then you denied points in the first round. So and yeah, for, well, and, and it had and to be at least another five points. Ended up going three turns, and I I made it hurt and made it to where I contested everything and wouldn't let him just get things and held stuff off. And but what do you do at that point? I was so tired and a little salty. Uh, you know, I was like, I'm out. <laughs> and and by that point in the day, hellions were falling off of bases. I had lost multiple arms. I think all three of three of my five racks had come off their base. Things were just laying all. I was like, I'm I'm done. I believe Coronas would have made us feel better. I feel like that was a mistake. Probably. And I, and and I didn't get salty with him after at the top of turn when I shook his hand. I was like, I'm going to I'm going to concede. And you know, I came back and I I played two or three more rounds. But he wasn't much of a talker. He just wanted to get out of there too. But you know, at this point, I was like, I'm going to make this hurt, buddy. If you're getting the win, like we we're doing this. And when I was down to like three true born left, I was like, all right, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm tabled. You, you score. And I was too tired to even think about looking. I was like, here's my pin and just assumed it would be correct. Yeah. All so, right. Um, yeah. So let's take a little break um, and we'll be back in just a few. I guess that sums up our tournament experience with the 40K championships. And we didn't really get a chance to register for anything else because we missed registration. Uh, the long war doubles sold out quickly. We didn't have a four-man team to play with. Uh, it's the dog running around, if you heard the uh, the jingles. Um, so that was as f- it as far as events that we had signed up for. Yeah, so we spent the rest of the time kind of meandering around looking for stuff to do. And we filled nerding, our days. Yeah, yeah nerding up over uh, our celebrity content creators for 40K. Yeah. As it were. Yes. Yeah. So do you have a favorite person you met or talked to or anything? Let's let's talk I didn't, about that. Uh, I didn't really get to have a have a conversation with anybody. You were in line with Starbucks or at Starbucks with Uncle Adam. Oh, that's right. I did. I got yeah. to have a talk with Uncle Adam. So he he's was, a, he was sick coming because I watched this thing Sunday. He was like sniffling. He's like, I just took a whole thing of Theraflu. Like yeah, he, he was he was messing up words left and right. So yeah. that, that dude did not feel great coming. Right. Back. He said he took a home test, so he doesn't have COVID. Yeah. Supposedly. He's good. He's good. So um, uh, doesn't mean it's not the flu. <laughs> Right, so, uh, yeah, I was in line with him at Starbucks, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm a I'm one of those guys that's addicted to Monster Energy drinks. So I was trying to find one, and uh, so I go into Starbucks, and this Starbucks in this hotel carries alcohol, so but I'm not energy drinks. drinks. Yeah, yeah, whatever. So I got a frappuccino while I was talking to Uncle Adam, and uh, that was pretty cool. He was he was telling me uh, what his uh, YouTube uh, video was going to be about, which has been released. The one where he asked the people the three different questions. Yeah, I, I saw it. I six different questions. Yeah. I have not watched it yet, but I will. I didn't watch it. I saw it on YouTube suggested. Um, the, uh, I was pretty happy that I got to get a selfie with Kenny from Longhorn because my wife loves Kenny. Same here. I was like, hey, man, I hate to bother you, but uh, it's, like, it's cool. I think he's the only <laughs> selfie I got. Oh, uh, I got a selfie with Adam Camilleri. Uh, I wanted my, one with him, but it was during request. the tournament, so I didn't want to. I got him before the tournament. Okay. Um, of course, my wife was like, he's wearing sleeves. <laughs> I, I got to talk to Adam, too. Uh, yeah, I got to talk to Adam. I forgot about that. So later in the day when he took his jacket off, I did get a picture of him, you know, with. Uh, sleeveless. Yeah, sleeveless for my wife because 
just tore up that you know he wasn't sleeveless in the in the selfie. If, if no one knows, Adam Camilleri has a meme about being sleeveless from where he recorded some podcasts on video with uh, where he was sleeveless. And he it, never it, wears a shirt, right? So it it came out as like a meme thing. So now he just has to go sleeveless. Bingo. I just wanted to point he, out he did confirm though he was wearing a tank top underneath the jacket. Um, so that you know made up for it a little bit, I guess. Um, any other big big uh, sells for you or meets meets and greets? Um, well, we got to see pretty much the whole Art of War crew. Got to talk to John Lennon. Did I tell you I ambushed Nick Natavani uh, while he was making his coffee? I yelled out at him when he was walking by. I was like, hey, Tom Brady. <laughs> oh, no, man. He was making his coffee all by himself uh, before the championships. It's like a half hour before it starts. And you could tell he's just focused. And it's like, hey, man, you know, so it's so nice to finally meet you. Like, blah, 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 blah. I could tell he was annoyed. So I was like, all right, have a, have a good one, man. Good luck today. And, and, and kept walking. I ran into Goobertown, uh, helped him find Kenny because he was looking to do, a, I guess, a collaboration or a meetup with Kenny or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, cool. I saw the Mini Witch and uh, Casey from eBay Miniature Rescues uh, in line at the area where you met Carl doing the judging for the paint, the yes. model Armies on Parade. Yeah, yeah, or whatever um, it's called. I didn't get to talk to Mini Witch. I don't think she's – I was just walking by, videoing sure. the stuff to show my wife the, the parade thing. I, I kind of – I didn't really break line. I just held my camera up over and walked down it because it wasn't the most important thing for me. I was tired at that point. Yeah, you were done. Yeah. So um, this was at like 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. Yeah. And uh, so I went by there and the one that he was in was one I, the only one that I wanted a close up of. And so as I was recording, I was just like, hey, love your love your channel. But the mini witch, you know, she didn't hear yeah. me. So I didn't uh, talk to her. Bummer, man. That's fine. Not a big deal. And cool. uh I think the other most memorable one would be Carl, right? When we walked up to the charity thing. We walked up to the Table War Charities booth. Didn't pay any attention to who was there because there was a raffle. like, oh, what do we got? And they had some really cool Titanicus models. And I heard a laugh that was quite familiar. And I looked up and literally said, holy shit, it's you. (laughs) Yeah, so so Carl is... Tuttle from Independent Characters. Carl Tuttle from Independent Characters is, is Kurt's... Michael Jordan of a 90s basketball fan. Yes. The reason we're doing this now. Yes. And uh, Independent Characters is the best podcast for Warhammer that probably will ever be. It's was. I mean, it still is. Even though it's not being recorded, it's still the best. It's Webway Radio now, baby. Uh-huh. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> uh, but um, uh, Well, and during, you know, kind of small talking with him while he was telling us about the charities and all that. Shane's like, we started a podcast. Uh, he's like, really? What's the name? Like, well, I didn't just shoehorn it in while he was well, talking about podcasts. I was like, dude, you left a vacuum. Yeah, yeah. Lots of people are trying to fill it up. We're one of them. And what what made the convention for me was he goes, what's the name of it? And, of course, I go, Webway Radio. And he goes, gosh, that's a good name. And uh feels good. feels good. Awesome. I need to copyright this. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, that wasn't my only interaction with Carl. Because after you had texted me, I was like, hey, there's something going on in the hallway. Uh, you know, let, let's see what it is. I show up, and of course I got in line because it's like 9.15 and I, I got nowhere to be. And I know I'm not going to sleep anytime soon. So I wait for like 20 minutes to be able to start seeing these displays. And right as I get to the first, first one, it's the big Necron display. Somebody's like, hey man, can I cut in line? I'm judging. Yeah, sure, whatever. It's Carl and it's Dave Taylor. Which, you know, if you listen to his podcast, you know he's the one that's commissioned painted all his stuff. He's done the Kickstarter books. He's he's an expert painter. Um, really great. So it was it was awesome to stand there for like fifteen minutes and hear Carl Tuttle and Dave Taylor 
judge these pieces. And of course, he'd look at me and be like, "What do you think of this?" I was like, "Oh, that's, that's fantastic!" Like you know, and I, I had to get a selfie. It's like, "Hey, cost for cutting in line? Can I get a selfie?" It's like, "Oh, of course." Uh, so maybe. we also also got to talk to uh, Sam Lims and uh, Vince, and you know, yes, and uh, wish them well for the Golden Demon before the awards come out. Man, I feel like we cursed them both. Well, no, Sam Lims got three. Oh, he, oh. I didn't pay attention to who won after yeah. I saw it was the skiing. He didn't kinda, get any golds, I don't think, but he yeah. did win. It's, I think he got a silver and two bronzes. So, I mean, it's a golden demon, bro. Not bad. Not Dude got three golden demons. More than I got. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, one of them was for that model he was proud of. Oh, the okay. Cool. Nurgle. The the big Ford Road Nurgle demon oh guy. God, I can't I can't believe Wesley I can't believe has one, name. and I, I can see it. It's the fat one. Yeah. It's got the tongue out. It's got the spikes and the bell. I don't know what it's called. Okay. Well, Not anyway. important. Yeah. Probably like a 500-point model if you're going to feel it. It's the big one. It's big. Um, and uh, so that was the one he was most proud of, and that's one he, he did win uh, something for that one. He entered in nine I mean, models, yeah. and Vince entered in ten, or the other way around. Something, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I got to talk to both of those guys about that, and uh, that was pretty cool. I think that's everybody that we... Yeah, I mean, talking to Kenny was kind of neat because... You know, he saw me, you know, he was sitting at the, the 40K table where the T.O. sit, you know, because he's running the doubles with the other guys. And he sees me kind of walk up. He just stands up. My badge was backwards, reaches over and flips my badge before he says anything. He was like, hey, Kurt. And he's nice. just he's just got too much coolness. Oh, my God. That was smooth. Yeah. <laughs> and like, Wyatt, hey. Wyatt was pretty cool. Yeah. 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 But he's like, hey, Kurt, how's it going? Hey. <laughs> yeah, when I went, went up to Kenny, uh, he was talking to somebody. I just assumed it was a fan, you know, come up a couple seconds and then go away. Yeah. So I, I walked up, I waited a few seconds, and they were still talking. I'm like, uh, I guess he's, so I walked off. And I had walked off at that point, too. Yeah, so so then later on, I was like, I don't know how many times I'm going to see him. I don't know if today's the only day he's here, and my wife loves this guy. So I'm yeah, just going to yeah. go be be the, uh, uh, the awkward nerd and just get this freaking selfie. That guy. So, uh, so I was like, I'm going to be that guy. So I walked up there. And he looks over at me and goes, I see you hovering. <laughs> and I I don't know why he thought that I wanted him to take the picture. Like he said, oh, so you want the guy you're taking the selfie with to take your picture. And I was just trying to pull up the camera. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if I made a gesture or what. Sure. You know, I was nervous, you know, as you do when you're around those uh, mega celebrities, you know, right, like Michael her. Jordan, Kenny sure, Boucher, sure. you know. Happens. That's how it is. And uh, so, yes, got my selfie and uh, I told him how my wife loved to show and stuff, so. I feel good about that, you know. Since we both told him that, I think he has to get just get that all day. Yeah, probably. I I mean, when a guy he like on on the podcast, they get into the negative side of GW, right? But on his painting show, he is super positive. Oh yeah, starts it out with this is the best of all days, and and just everything's positive, and he has all those like uh like the happy little tree things that Bob Ross has. He has his own little own little sayings like the. uh, Dirty paint water and uh Bobo cups. And, yeah, he's yeah. got all of his all of his stuff that's fun. So and I'm glad that he started making YouTube videos again. He took I, a big break from it. Yeah, I don't know. But a few months ago it looks like mm. he's come back. So good, I, good. I put him up on my notifications again. Been hiding on Patreon. Yeah. Um so day two, we basically just spent the entire day searching or looking around the vendor hall, checking everything out. We spent some time around the thirty K tables. You know, uh you know in Harry Potter when they're going from the cafeteria or from class to their uh, their bedrooms, how those staircases are moving around and stuff. Yes. 
I feel like that's how the vendor hall is because we went into that vendor hall every day we were there and saw if it, it's not a big, it's not that big of a place. Yeah. And when you look at it, it's, it's a list small enough to memorize. Mm-hmm. And every day we walked in there, we saw an entire new booth that we hadn't seen yeah, before. It's like, how did we miss this massive booth with nothing but MDF terrain? Yeah, I don't, I don't. Get and it. of course, we b- b- were both sweating bullets, trying not to pull the trigger on some really cool MDF terrain. But just like, hold yes. on, hold on, let's be responsible adults. We now, are going to be pulling the trigger on some of this death ray designs. Yes, because we were going to pull the trigger on something they had, but they didn't have it in stock, so they gave us a discount code, twenty percent off. Yes, uh, till we use it. And death ray designs, for my research, is the coolest looking of the MDF terrain. They got some cool stuff. Um, yep. So, so day two, I finally talked myself into buying a magna rack for my fifteen twenty battle foam bag. Uh, which would also fit my wife's 720, which is great. Um, so can't wait to use that because uh, I haven't really used it since I bought it three or four or five, four years ago because Dawson was one. Um, so, wow. Yeah, yeah pulling stuff out of that foam, when I see you do it, it just takes forever. Yes. And when so. you have the magnet tray, mm-hmm. it's so much quicker. So much quicker. And the spiky bits don't get caught on the foam. Yeah. Foam, um, they just get caught on your skin. Mm-hmm. So day two highlights also... We tried Infinity. We've talked about Infinity even off the podcast for, what, two years? Like, man, it looks cool. We want to try it. Uh, there are but, some things that are daunting about Infinity when you do your own research sure. trying to figure out about the game. And I don't want to get into the weeds with all the technical stuff, but what really sold us was the tables they had there for the tournament. Holy shit, those guys can terrain. Yes. And then talking to a couple of the guys and showing us the app where you can build your list and click everything, and it pulls up the Wikipedia page that the company updates and keeps up with and just having that quick reference this, there. This company, Cor- Corvus Belly, Corpus Belly, Corvus Belly. Corvus Belly, yeah. Uh, they First work with third-party people mm-hmm. to have officially sponsored stuff. In the rule book, it's like, hey, check out this company's cool train they make or this company's cool stuff. And it's not just like, buy our stuff or buy nothing. And they don't throw fits when you use other people's stuff at tournaments. And the, and the books are like 70 bucks. But you don't have to buy them. It's right. lore. Yeah, it's is cool. just a if you're a collector, just buy the book, uh-huh. uh, because the rules are going to be outdated after you get them, and the the rules online they keep updated. Whole PDFs out there for free to download, which is just awesome. Yeah, so that was we were walking around, uh, not the vendors. We were walking around the the there's there's uh, four halls. One of them mm-hmm. is the vendor hall. There's the one with all the 40k stuff in it. There's one with all the Age of Sigmar stuff in it, and then there's like this miscellaneous carryover that had smaller Star tournaments. Star Wars, Marvel, three different Star Wars games, Infinity, yeah. yeah. The big ones. Yep. So, so really, you could see a lot of different stuff going on in this one hall. Right. And uh, so we we spent a lot more time going through that hall than sure. any others because we're big horse heresy fans. Yes. And also, we were very much interested in these other games. We have Star Wars Legion, the starter boxes. Yes. Um. So we're already interested in some of this stuff, and we've been really curious about Infinity. So we go over there, and they show us this app, just like you're saying, I and mean, they go through about how, and they showed it to us how it worked, and. If, if you're looking at the data sheet and it's a keyword and you're like, I don't know what that keyword means, you just tap it and you're at the rules. Bam. It's loaded. It's right there. It takes half a second. It's really, really cool. And there's another app that helps you with the missions. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. Uh, the tables are really cool. And they had, uh, so then we went over to the booth and they did a demo game with us. You snuck off like three rolls in and bought the starter set. Yes. Because me and the guy doing the demo was like, we're, we're, you said you were going to the bathroom. And I was like, all right, cool, we're waiting for him. And then I see you in line holding the starter box. Like, what, what happened? <laughs> um, so, 
Yeah, yeah. I bought the Wildfire starter box. Uh, I was already sold. So he was doing a demo game, and he told me enough that I had absorbed the information he was giving because yeah. I wasn't participating in the demo game. I mean, you were technically there. I was watching, sure. and Kurt was playing another person in the That's demo game. right. So I didn't yes. feel like I was stuck there. Mm-hmm. So I went to go to the bathroom. I came back. You know, played some more, and then I went and bought the starter set. Then I came back, and you were doing some other stuff, and I walked off and bought something else for it. Yeah. Oh, I bought some cutters and stuff so I could assemble them. Yeah, you bought glue, cutters, accelerant, everything, which I, I thought was hilarious. And that night, you spent the night uh, basically building Infinity. I built the train. You built the other stuff. Yeah, it and, took us uh, a couple of nights to get it all built so that we could play it. There was an open play night for Infinity that we wanted to make. Mm-hmm. And we thought that there would be some people there, but it turns out there was only three other people that showed up to it. They were The reason they did it was because they had two different Infinity tournaments. And in the in-between, it was just this time where these tables were already set up. So they thought, why don't we just have an open play let people come use the terrain? Because some right. of those terrains, like one of them had three pieces of a terrain kit that was $200 a piece. It was beautiful. So you're looking at like, Three to, uh, in some cases, you know, three to a thousand dollar tables or 300 to a thousand dollar tables. So we thought that would be kind of cool to go down there and do that. And, uh, we didn't realize at the time that the starter set has a five mission pack. You go through it one to five and it adds rules to it as you go through each one. So you start out really basic moving and shooting. That's it. And And then then you amplify as you get through, they add a couple new rules, each mission and, we didn't know that was there and the people that were teaching us didn't know that was there because they got into the game before that starter set came out. Yes. So we're over there playing and they just threw us straight into the deep end and we were so confused, so confused and still had fun. Yes. Um, and now when we went down to actually play with the, the open play terrain, we thought there'd be a bunch of people and it just turned out to be like two dudes sitting there talking, waiting for people. Yeah. Those two dudes didn't want to play each other for some reason. I think they had played each other earlier and, been there, done that, got the t-shirt. Um, so Christopher Ryan and a guy named David and one other dude named Chad, which I think Chad had all, those were his tables. Um, so he's the guy who came in second in the tournament. I guess. Yeah, he was the one who set it up to be open play. He's the one who set the schedule up. Um, but they, they were like, oh, you guys just bought the starter set? And they literally made lists for us, like, immediately. And then walked us through what the army did, how it played, and and got us through the first turn, turn and a half, and just had two experts kind of hovering and helping us, like, well, this guy can do this, or you could do this, and and really helped us, like, a like, wow, we made a good investment here, um, and and it was a blast. Um, and the metal models are way more detailed than they have any right to be. Well, and even at the Infinity booth, I I mentioned, I was like, hey, I used to play fantasy, like I'm familiar with metal models, and like I don't want to do that again. And dude just like cracked open a box of something and was like, well, here, check this out. And you could see the faces and the eyes and the nose and the mouth and teeth. Oh, wow. Technology has gotten so much better. Yeah. Um, And it is kind of nice, though, because it's a body and generally two arms and you're done. And they still look great. Yep. Um, I haven't painted any yet. That's still on my table to do. I've got five grotesques I've got to get done in the next uh, two weeks. Um, But after that... Jumping in Infinity. So, Sounds great. Um, and I actually ended up buying the Operation Ice Storm at the Toledo Game Room, just so we would have four factions to have total, a little bit more terrain. Granted, my terrain's paper, but it's still something. And we yes. have a ton of 40K terrain we can use or print. And uh, 
Yeah, so we both ended up buying a, an Infinity starter set. I think the Infinity game, they play tournaments with 300 points, and these starter sets have roughly 150. Yeah. So, so it's half an army. Not a big investment to, to finish off right. what we've got. And we're not going to be playing tournaments because they're earning around here. So this is like our fun game when we just want to play like a 45-minute hour-long game or whatever. Yep. Um, so day two also was the start of the Long War Doubles, correct? Yes. Um, and That's it, when we met Kenny. At 9 a.m., uh, we're walking through, just kind of checking everything out, and I hear as we're walking by, uh, somebody sets a bottle of some kind of liquor on the table. And it's like our objective for this mission or for this game is to drink the bottle at 9 a.m. <clears throat> and I go a few more tables down, and there's like groups of people taking shots, and I realize that had we tried to get in on that, which we could have, they said there was room for walk-ups. Yeah. A, we didn't have gifts, we weren't dressed up, and I was not prepared to drink a bottle of booze yeah. at 9 a.m. Had it been the next day, I'd have been fine. Yes, but I think, because we didn't sleep great again, I think you were up at like 5. Yeah. Um, you, you tried sorry, to be quiet. It's sorry. okay. No, no, no. I have kids. I'm used to it. I shouldn't stay up as late as I do. Um, but yeah, next time we know, register early. <laughs> one of us focuses on getting the team tournament. One of us focuses on getting the doubles. I just want you to know that from some of the other podcasts I listened to uh, the last couple of days, mm-hmm. the 40K champs is usually sold out too within minutes. Yeah. Well, so we I, got lucky with that being the only one that wasn't well, sold there out. There were only like 20 tickets when we bought, which I was not prepared to pay 50 bucks to go to Adepticon and the dice and the ejector markers and the dice and then pay 60 bucks for that. It's like, whew, that's, uh, that was steep. So Yeah, so I'm going to have to do better at having money ready at hand for at a moment's notice to do this convention next year because they don't really give you a lot of lead time. Right. Like the amount of time you have in between the time they say that they're going to sell them and it sells is less than a pay period. It's quick. It's quick. Yeah. But I think this year was abbreviated. I, I've heard normally this goes on sale in like July and this Adepticon still in March. So it's like nine months of knowing. So you could literally be like, I signed up for the heresy and I don't have an army. You have time to build that army. Oh, that's awesome. Which I thought was really cool. And when I checked right before registration closed, there were still a ton of spots in like the Zone Mortalis for Heresy. And I, 30 days out, I was considering like, man, if I sign up for this, that would force me to get a thousand points of my Raven Guard done. But I just decided I, I couldn't do that and get my Drakari finished in time. And I barely got my Drakari finished in time. So I'm glad I didn't do that. Um, as, as far as the rest of Adepticon, it all kind of ran together for me, really, at the end yeah. of the day. Um, I know one of the things that I really enjoyed, I was an avid Warhammer Fantasy player. And I think it was either Saturday or Sunday, I kept finding myself in the Kings of War Hall. And walking around, I texted my wife immediately, was like, well, I found all the females. Uh, because there <laughs> were the ratio there was like, you know, five to one instead of, 200 to one, um, <laughs> which was kind of neat, you know, um, but to walk around and be like, Oh shit, that's an old Skaven army. And then, and then I saw it, Shane, I saw tomb Kings. I played tomb Kings. I loved tomb Kings. I dearly regret selling my tomb Kings. And this dude had everything I had painted so similar I was like, did anybody that for me like 10 years ago? <laughs> um, I don't think he did. But uh, it was so cool to see, on the, see those on the table to where, you know, I, I kept going to the booth and being like, oh, starter set. But I didn't want to play orcs. I didn't want to play goblins. I didn't want to play Skaven. Um, and they had some other stuff. And then one of the guys had everything 30% off. 
And so on that last day, that fire sale day, even even before that, all his Kings of oh, War wow. stuff was thirty percent off next to the Mantic booth where they're trying to sell it for full price. I was like, Why <laughs> would you? Huh, okay, okay. Um, that that booth we're talking about that had it for sale is Grognard Games, which is one of the sponsors to uh, the Garage Hammer podcast. That makes so much. I, I was like, I know this name from somewhere, but that because they have the silly commercial and the, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So cool. Um, but yeah, I I'm. Mm. Had we not bought Infinity like an hour prior, I probably would have gone uh, <clears throat> deep, 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 deep back into fantasy square bases. I, I couldn't, I couldn't do the that one. That's okay. Now we we did see another game, which I well, first of all, I want to throw in this other story that I've I've already delayed once. Okay, Star Wars Legion. Mm-hmm. So this is listed as day two. So we're gonna hop into. Okay. All the all the fantasy stuff because yes, yes, I've yes, got yes. some stuff to say about that too. So, uh, Star Wars Legion, I got the starter set when it came out mm-hmm. the, for the new, the Clone Wars. Yes. Yes. So as did I. Yep. So uh, I got to play a demo game of it at the local game store, and that sold me on it. I think mm-hmm. it's a a brilliant game, well done, and I loved it. So I bought the starter set. And then I started ordering other stuff for it. And the one of the things I ordered was the droid tank. And I couldn't I couldn't get it. The guy could not could not my local store could not get it in. And this company that makes Star Wars Legion, I forget the name of it. Is it Asmoday or it's a subsidiary of Asmoday or something? Anyway. Yeah, they've spun off a couple of times. So they have supply chain issues. Like they're known for it. Like you're you're gonna wait weeks for your your stuff, it's going to sell out and then they're not going to have models again for months. And I never got this tank, even though I ordered it. And so finally, six months after I had ordered it, the store owner calls me. I was like, Hey, do you just want to cancel this order? Cause I don't seem to be getting any feedback from the vendor on being able to get this. I'm like, yeah, I guess so. I mean, it's been six months. Well, I tell this story to the fifth trooper booth at, uh, at Adepticon. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he just gives me, he goes, you know what? Because I, I told him, I was like, it's that tank right there. And you just happen to have it. And I, I was like, you know, and he's like, yeah, this this game does have a lot of supply issues, but nobody ever waited six months for stuff. You know, you might wait a few extra weeks. So that's crazy. And so I told him the story, and he just sold it to me at cost. Well, at first he was like, don't walk away. I'll sell it for 60 And then you're like, oh, man, I, you know, I wanted this. And then you started your story. He was like, all right, I'll sell it for like 52 yeah, whatever. Like, I'm yeah. losing money on it. Yeah. It's less than my cost, but you deserve this model if you take it right now. Yep. So and now I'm going to put that in my display case, and that's going to finish my uh, my. I don't know that I've ever seen somebody whip a credit card out so fast, Shane. <laughs> um, I could probably get it for that online, but yeah. But dude was he was cool. We talked to him for yep. probably what 20 minutes. Yeah, he was, he was he was pretty he was awesome. Cool guy. Um, let's see what else. What else you got? Okay, so back to the Kings of War before yes. we to hedge into conquest, which is what we we're going to. Uh, Speaking of, so I told my wife all these girls were playing Kings of War, and I walk in the door getting home, and the first question was, so what was that game where they were playing High Elves, or I could play my High Elves? Because I've still got a massive box of assembled, unassembled, painted, whatever High Elves, probably 5,000 points worth. And that was her first question is, can we get into that? Of course. Uh, I just bought you a shitload of Eldar, so let's pump the brakes just a little bit. Um, but yeah, that's a that's a slow burn. Like you know, fantasy's coming back. Let's build and paint. Carry on. I mean, yeah, if I could play my vampire guys from AOS in it, I, I wouldn't mind doing. I'll it. I'll let it happen. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we go to the Kings of War room, and there's a sister game made by the same company called Armada. 
Armada. Not yes. to be confused with Star Wars Armada. Yes, this is high fantasy, ships on the high seas, kind of. And I'm not kidding when I say, and not not exaggerating in any way, there was more terrain on the ocean mat of a ship game than there was on the Kings of War maps for a ground-based game. And I can see why, because you have to have the flanking and pivoting and stuff, I guess. So... I guess it makes sense. I mean, there's, and and I think for the tournament, you know, nobody wants to bring a ton of terrain for it. But when we used to play fantasy, we had buildings, we had trees, we had fortresses and things like that, that you fought around or over or near. And, but I think just with the tournament setting, they had the little like mouse pad, like this is a river and this is a forest and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, they didn't have like the 40 K or infinity style terrain. It was uh, sparse. I got interested into this conquest game. You were so excited. You drug me over there. I was like, yeah. Dude, you have to check this out. So I was like, if he's interested in Kings of War mm-hmm. and I love these models for this conquest game, maybe we can come to a middle ground. So that was my strategy. The guy I was talking to the first day I went over there, uh, was the guy who plays in 40 K tournaments and he drove up from Mississippi to be a volunteer at the conquest booth. Yes. Well, conquest had a tournament there. Uh, Can we call it that? There were like six guys. Yeah, they right. they, they had a few guys playing in the same area. So one of the ladies at the booth walked us through a demo game when we finally got around there. The first time we went around there, it was slammed. Like at the end of the day on Friday, I think it was. Was it Friday? Yeah, I guess it was Friday. And it was so funny because there's literally a line to do demos for this. And next to them is the Mantic booth where the guy's just kind of sitting there with his head on his hand just kind of like looking like man because there's nobody playing the Mantic games yep which you know it, it, <laughs> so the the conquest game mm-hmm. the art design of the models is amazing incredible the the uh alien faction that has teleported to this fantasy world a la orcs from world of warcraft uh are crazy looking and i love them and I guess they were all commission painted because they're all very well painted. Yes. I mean, if you're going to demo stuff. And, and I think that was part of the draw is like the dinosaurs and all that was just incredible. Yeah. And then uh, uh, they had four different tables set up for demos mm-hmm. um, with most, I think, two tables each. Like there was uh, two mirror, uh, mirrored. Each side was mirrored. So there yeah. was four armies total, but it was the same 2v2 Mm-hmm. on two tables and then 2v2 on the other two tables. So we go through our, our game to see how it works and stuff. And it was quite a bit of fun. Uh, but we were playing on a demo table that was probably like two and a half by two well, and a half. It's designed to be you three start three 10 maybe. inches apart and you do this and you it's just to, to run through it real quick. And so, we, we only did one round because uh, we... We would play war games. We kind of know right. how, and I was a big fantasy player, so I know. Yeah, we just wanted to get the gist of it. That's all the demo game's for. Yes. So the day that I went there and didn't play the Conquest game, they had the starter box for the army I was interested in, like a big battle force box from 40K, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, it sold out before we got back to do the demo game. And then we went and we looked at the tournament because she told us when she got finished the demo game, she's like, there is a tournament over there either now or a little bit later. So we go and check it out. And it's got the same terrain thing where there just isn't any. Yeah. And I've grown to really love terrain. I mean, that's the thing with fantasy terrain, though. It's just kind of non-existent. Um, like I said, we used to take blue, and I've still got the roll, and I still use it, the blue uh, painter's tape, and that's what we used to mark up the tables with rivers because, you know, you could paint all this stuff or you could just do that real quick. But 
standards standards were low in Warhammer Fantasy, other yeah. than the few terrain kits that GW did put out. So that was, that was a big hit to me was the terrain thing. But I, we did talk to them, and they can play in terrain. It's just not what they had for the tournament. There's rules for it. And again, you know, it's hard to, you know, transport and do all that, especially if you don't have any playing. And I, I get it. Um, and actually, at the tournament, most of the armies weren't painted. It's a lot of gray plastic. So I don't yeah. know if people bought them, did what we did with Infinity, and put them together or, or what. But it is, They said the game had been out for like four years. And... uh or maybe six, four was, or six years. It was years. four, because we were just like, really? And um, they, like, this was a sizable convention, so this is going to be, like, there was a lot of, there was, like, Space Hulk there. I guess they didn't really have a chance to show it off the last three years, that's a, too. That's so a valid point. I'm sure yeah. they probably saw more sales. Because it was the more, most popular booth there. Without a Other doubt. than the GW booth. Well, yeah, so lines wrapped around the booth three times and yeah. the booth next to you. So GW um, was the most popular. Conquest was the second most popular. Easy. Like there was nowhere else that had lines like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was a uh, that was pretty cool. Again, love the art style. I may go back to it later. But yeah, I'm holding off Again, for now. It's it's a little pricey, but uh, and also it's not got as many armies as you would think for a game for that's been four years old. Six and one just dropped. Yeah. Uh, a few months ago. Yep. So I'm sure it'll keep getting better. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's talk about these uh these horse heresy tables. Yes. And the, the amazing models. Yes. Well, again, Heresy's not about tournament play, man. It's it's show off your hobby, and man, that Iron Wars guy did. Uh, and, and if you've made it this far and you're still listening, I'll say it again at the start. Um, if you watch this on YouTube, I'm just going to play all my pictures from Adepticon, like all 500 of them while we're talking. So check that out. Give me views. <laughs> Please do it. I'll probably cut this. Um, <laughs> so, yes. But the Heresy guys. And, and I think they got a lot. I, a, I was shocked at how many people were back there. There were two or three rows of people playing Heresy. And, well, I, think, I think it was. Yeah, so it's it's split down the middle. So there were right. three rows on one side and three on the other. So mm-hmm. six rows. There was a Zone Mortalis, like a whole row of tables just yep. for Zone Mortalis. Well, they had a ZM event, which is what I was uh, going to sign up for. It was okay. a Centurion ZM event. So it's 1,000 points, nothing crazy. Big use you could go is Dreadnoughts. And I was like, I could I could put up 1,000 points. But I, I, I got to looking at my stuff. I was like, I've made a lot of progress since I touched these last. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to do this. So, But I think because of the heresy announcement Thursday night, Wednesday night, Wednesday night, yeah. They had a ton of people back there checking it out and talking about it. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm excited to dive into that. And one of the things is going up to those tables and seeing what they've got built and knowing that it all came from Forge World. It's just incredible. So much money. Yes. And not all the terrain was Forge World, but there was a lot of like... I mean, just the models. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like the, the tank seems to be the way to go. Yeah, yeah. A lot of, lot of resin. Yeah. Um, Let's see. I I saw a game of Warmaster being played, which just blew me away. I don't know what Warmaster is. It's the epic 40k equivalent for Warhammer Fantasy. Okay. So super tiny, like eight millimeter scale models, but it's you know a fifteen thousand point army or something. Um, I saw Net EA or Net Epic being played, which was really cool. But I think one of the the rooms we spent probably the second or third most time in might have been the Titanicus area. Yes. And I think we're sold on Titanicus absolutely. too. Uh, we, I'm absolutely, we really need sold to on Titanicus. sit down and you know not just dartboard what we want to play, but Titanicus. After talking to those guys, and one dude just was like, "Hey, I'm not doing anything right now, but I'm about to take a turn. If you just want to sit," and he literally like 
walked me through, all right, so now I'm going to roll for this, and now I'm going to do this. I'm going to charge here, and I need to make this roll to see if the shields explode, and I'm going to shoot at this guy, and if I do this, I might make his core explode, and it was it was cool. I guess somebody from Forge World or somebody from Games Workshop was playing in that event, and he's the guy that had the crazy titans that were all nurgled up. Um, and I talked to you know, two or three tables, like, you got to go see so-and-so's army. And by the time I got there, I was like, whoa. You should give me half of that uh, box you've got and let me paint the chaos out of it. No. <laughs> I mean, not chop it up. I just I, mean, I've given you enough stuff this week. No, no, I don't mean give, give me. I, I mean, know, paint I it for I, you. I don't know what I want to do yet. It might just be all my stuff. That's I don't, true. I don't know. I don't know what, I haven't picked Legios. I, I, I gotta, I gotta sit down and just read because all the rules aren't in one place, as you know. Um, so I don't, I don't know if I'm going loyalist. I don't know if I'm going traitor. We'll see. Okay. We'll see. What else do you got? Because I think I am almost out of notes. Uh, I would like to talk about the the Golden Demon a little bit. Okay. So we went up there, and there weren't as many entries as I thought there would be. Like, I didn't count them. It may be one of those things where there's a lot more than it think you think there is. I think by Saturday it. afternoon, because we went, we went every day and looked at them. Yeah. So day one was like, ooh, it's sparse. But everybody was swarming it because like, oh, my God. Um, and then day two was like, oh, there's some more. And then, like, the night of... Friday night, everybody was kind of checking them out because there was a lot more. And then Saturday, the deadline was 4 p.m. Uh, so there was a line of people submitting right at 4 p.m. And, and by that time, the booths were just swarmed. And I stopped trying to get pictures and, and check stuff out. It was just too much. Well, my favorite models were the uh, the Mauler Fiend versus Salamanders. Oh, God, that was cool. And I assembled the Mauler Fiend as soon as I got home, the one that I've had Sitting for a couple of weeks. Was that your inspiration? For, yeah. Because it had Vulcan and... And I can also kit bash some with my knights. True, but true. the the shooter, the forge fiend that I'm not using those bits for. I gotcha. But I just love the freaking tentacles and stuff that come out of it. It's just a beast. The colors and the... Oh, the it, colors were per... It got second for display, didn't it? Second or third. Remember. It didn't win, but it was it was a runner-up. I remember seeing it on the website. Yeah. And... Uh, Check it out. All the knights were cool. Whether they were Titanicus or... Oh, my God. And I've never liked the night aesthetic. I've always been against it. And it just all changed over the last few weeks. The the Knight Proferon that has the shield and the spear, I think is what it's called. I had never seen one in person. And holy crap. We talking about the $330 Forge World Knight? It's that tall. Thing, yeah, it's like tall and lean looking instead mm-hmm. of so plundering and... Well, it's know. got that big shield that does all the... Instead of its armor. Like, oh, it, it's cool. It was neat to see that in person. Yep. Um, which really sold me on it, but I can't drop three thirty on a night. That's right. bananas. Yeah. So I will continue to not play nights because I just sold you the one that I had. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Golden Demon's really neat. Um, and just to be around those cases and hear people like, "Oh, did you notice this?" or you know, hearing Sam Lins talk to somebody about like this over here and the technical stuff. Like it was, it was neat. Yeah, Vince has a video about the ten models he put up. Um. And we're going to have a whole bunch of pictures. The reason I bring it up is mostly because a lot of the pictures we took were from Golden Demon. Yes. So you're going to you're going to identify the stuff in a glass case. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember seeing like this one won this, and I was like, I got I got pictures of that. I thought it was cool. Yeah. Um, and there's some that I just went right past, and you know, won the Golden Demon, uh, or won the Slayer Sword rather. Yeah. So the actual thing. Yeah. Did not get a picture of it. I didn't either. Did not think it was remarkable. Yeah, I mean, we, we're not painters like yeah. that. We, well, we paint to a tournament standard, and I think there's some things that are of such a high level that we can't appreciate. Can't comprehend. Yeah, because we've never put that much time into a model to understand mm-hmm. the effort required for some of the stuff he did. I will say, no, though, now I really regret not buying a bust from Scale 75 while they were there, and I could see them and touch them and hold them. 
just to have something to be like, I want to push myself on. Because yeah, everybody says, like, don't paint a Games Workshop model if you want to really right. push yourself. Yeah. So. yeah. I feel like what what the winner for this award would be like going like a food. I think one of us made this analogy, but a food cook off and the guy who makes the grilled cheese wins. Mm-hmm. It's like, or this may be a podcast I listen to. I don't know. Uh, but yeah. the guy who, who makes the perfect grilled cheese wins because of how perfect it is. Yes. And these other people are making these complex Crazy. dishes with yeah. just one or two minor flaws. Flavor overload. But the grilled cheese is so perfect. And he mm-hmm. had the balls to do something so simple to enter a food competition and still wins. Yep. I think that's what the skink is. He's just, it's perfect. Yeah. No, I, it's, after I, looking at it more, it's good. Yeah, I don't, but, I, I liked a lot of the other models better just mm-hmm. because of the spectacle. Right. It, they, they clearly stood out. It was like, whoa, do you see the OSL on there this? There was that or, one uh, cigar box that had like a whole story and everything going on with it. Mm-hmm. And it didn't win anything. Nothing. I don't understand how that's possible. I, we, we miss, I, I want to know who judged you know, <laughs> I need to know who voted. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so uh, there was the laser tag that we didn't take part in. You know, I just didn't want to sit there and wait. I'm pretty sure people were erasing names to get their name on. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I just, I didn't want to wait around and I hadn't signed up for it. Even if it was free, it's laser tag next time, maybe. And then um, uh, I think the next time we go, we're going to go to Ikea for lunch for the dollar hot dogs instead of the $16 hot dog at Adepticon. <laughs> yeah. I think there that was, was a four dollar brownie, point. a three dollar can of Pepsi. It's stadium pricing, man. Yep. I don't, you know, it happens. Um, it does. So, anything else wrapping up Adapticon? I, I think that's I think it, man. I think we covered covers, it all. Covers our experience. You know, if you want to hear more about this and that, everybody and their mother is talking about it this week and last week and probably next absolutely. Week. Um, but yeah, I think as they should be because it's a spectacle of it's our hobby. Pretty cool. It, it's nice. I think that's the largest event that I've been to besides like Monster Jam. Um, my, my biggest regret is just not being able to get on there in time to sign up for literally anything else. I, I want to do I like one of the CK Studios airbrush classes. I don't even know if they were there. There's probably somebody doing an airbrush class. Uh, yeah. I really want to take an airbrush class, and I really want to take a lot of this. Like, there's Art of War classes, mm-hmm. uh, and I want another event because, uh, like somebody said when we were in line, he's like, I always try to do two events because if you're here on a 10-hour road trip yeah, and you've got five days, he's have a little bit too much downtime if you don't do two events yeah we had some downtime but it was i mean, I mean Sunday afternoon when things were winding down but i feel like, like oh. if we were to go every year with just yeah. one event after the third year we'd probably be bored now we know yeah you think i'm not gonna be following these guys on facebook absolutely ding every time they post anything yes uh i'm signing up next year jordan's a little sad she has to miss this one also but part of being a teacher you don't get time off All right. Well, that concludes this episode of Webway Radio, episode six. Uh, My Instagram is uh, Morden865. Spell it for him. M-O-R-D-E-N-865. Noted. And if you want to follow my uh, Drakari painting and whatever else is on the table, I am Yellid Gaming, Y-E-L-L-I-D underscore gaming. Uh, Check it out. And we'll talk to you guys next time. (laughs) 